The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the Professor, a.k.a. TD. That's right. I'm not even using my real name no more so I can free and liberate myself in this wonderfulness that we call the C3 Panthers Podcast, where I hang out with my homeboy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Professor, what's up, man? We have so much to talk about. Our season was salvaged by a big win in Houston. The chat room is already lit. Underground West, Trail One, Joey Esquivel, Jeremy Clancy, Joshua Mass, all the names. If I didn't read you, you know I love you. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Greg Schlager in the house, too. Greg, how are you, my friend, a.k.a. the Bat Daddy 52? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Doing doing really well. <laughs> All right, he's am, feeling uh, good. It's, I'm feeling real good, man. Just trying to, like I said, week out of surgery, still on the painkillers and still all that good stuff. Just trying to talk some Panthers football and have a good time. No painkillers needed here when there's just a shot of excitement coming with uh, the the feeling of being two and two now on a two game winning streak. Now hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars in what will be the Ring of Honor game where we will be inducting Steve Smith, Wesley Walls, Jake DeLome, and one more. Who is it? Uh, Jordan Gross. Jordan Gross. Thank you. Into the Ring of Honor, Hall of Honor for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I know. Hall of Honor. It's an important game uh, or important moment for our franchise, right? Raising some banners, raising some pride. We're two and two now. And coming on a two-game winning streak without our starting quarterback, which is an amazing feat in itself, but we'll be hosting a surging and really swagadocious a team full of drip and the sauce and the juice. Give me some napkins at this point. It's like eating chicken wings. You're, the sauce is everywhere. Gardner Minshew, I mean, he is the white Cam Newton. That's what he is. And not in his play style, but in his just persona and awesomeness loving to me some Gardner Minshew but they're also two and two on a two-game winning streak playing tough as well coming to Bank of America and we're going to try to see who you know really a, a really a big game right we're going to be talking about that tonight we're also going to have Philip Hellman from the athletic he, he covers the Jacksonville Jaguars he will help preview the game we're going to talk a little NFC South and the standings and uh, get to your cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Su- support the show by participating in the chat room, which those those cats lead the show. This is my new saying, is the people in the, the YouTube chatters lead the show. And then we get this rally cry from the cat calls at 252-228-5098 that puts us over the top. It's like the Calvary followed by just the storm of the infantry it's wonderful to see people coming in and supporting their team we're trying to grow panther nation together don't forget we're hanging out in the vivid seat studio tonight 
And um, Cody, I mean, we're off of a Arizona win. Man, not Arizona win, a Houston win. We thought that the Houston Texans would be a giant test for the Carolina Panthers. Were they that giant test? Well, so there's a bit of a conundrum, right? Uh, because uh, every metric that there is ranks the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans at the bottom of the line in terms of protecting their quarterback. So that doesn't bode too well. But then that sounds the like the Panthers. Time, well, well, I, I know, but that's what I'm talking about, though. Like I, the defense is the the name of the game. I mean, that's what we're all talking about. Um, if you look at some of the stats, we're number one in passing defense. We're tied for first in quarterback hits. We're, uh, I, I believe, um, we're number two in sacks. I mean, dude, our defense is nasty. And I kind of think that instead of just saying, oh, well, we went up against bad offensive lines, dude, this defensive front is absolutely humming, boy. And I'm just – I'm loving it, man. This defense is kicking the pants. It feels good to talk about. Um, and with today's news of – K1 short having to go on IR, it doesn't leave me as nervous as that news might otherwise at some other point in time. Yeah. I, I can agree with all that you're saying there. The only thing I got to say about the defense is I know you we were talking, you're like you were saying, the last two games they played really crappy offensive lines. If, if they hadn't played well, if they'd have gotten one or two sacks and, and the quarterback had a little more time, I'd be worried. But, uh, I know you're not saying you're worried, but I'm pretty happy with with the way it went because we should dominate against terrible de- offensive lines, and we did. So they did exactly what they were supposed to do. I'm very happy with the outcome of the defense. I I, th- I think the defense is really really good. Are very sorry, well enough to carry us to a championship this year if we can put the offensive effort forward. Yeah, um, CK's in the house. CK, are we go into this game or what? Oh yeah, man! We're gonna have a blast. <laughs> so we're gonna be we're gonna inducting some. We're gonna be inducting some legends into the house. We're hosting this Jacksonville team. The Panthers have come off of two wins. CK, where do you now gauge the Panthers after watching them against what we thought was a formidable team in the Houston Texans? Right? Is that their defense is nothing to joke about? I mean, right? It's a legitimate defense coupled with an offense that has the ability to score. Their defense did play well, uh, but our defense played better. And their offense, our defense was able to keep their offense. Now, they did miss um, some opportunities there, as Ron Rivera would say. But now that you've seen, we've seen two, we have more data to assess. You have the Houston game. Now you have the Arizona game. Now you have the Houston game. Now that you have a little bit more data, where are you at on this team? You know, uh, it's definitely a lot better than we were two weeks ago, right? You know, we have... Mm -hmm. We have a defense that's showing in, uh, showing out every every week so far for the past couple of weeks. I mean, uh, you, you feel a lot better. And I said it in my cat call for the post uh, post game show. You feel a lot better having, you know, even if Kyle Allen turns out to be just what Case Keenum was for the Vikings back in in twenty seventeen. You know, hey, we're fine with that. If, if that means Cam yeah. gets healthy, he can come back for the second half of the season. I'm fine with that. We just got to see what we actually have. I mean, if our defense continues to get better, which it looks like ball, by all accounts it's doing, it's getting better. They're meshing well together. I don't 
I don't feel nearly as bad about this team as I once did because we're we're kind of going back to the you know Carolina Panthers type of play, which is you know win on defense and hopefully your offense can pick it up and actually win games uh, by a pretty large margin. But if not, the defense is there to pick you up. I saw some strange talk on Twitter yesterday, and I tagged maybe Cody in some of it. And that is that some people right after we have we go in the post game, and not that they were listening to us. So it's not like they were trying to refute what I was saying. But I'm on the post game saying, dang, Reed is made, means so much to this defense, right? Is that all of a sudden we now see a secondary that doesn't ever look out of place, right? You you lose Dante Jackson, you don't miss a beat. You know, is that we we have a secondary that has held teams to less yards than any other team in the league. And then I look at Twitter, and the tweet that I see fired off is that Reed can't tackle. Now, he does try to – in the tweet, to be fair to the tweet, he was saying, like, he does blow, try to blow people up. He tries to thump rather than really tackling, which I it does happen, but I think that happens, like, throughout the league on a lot of cats. Right. But but then at the other – and then it said, not good against the deep ball. Not a good deep defender. And then, Cody, they threw Ray Ray under the bus. And they were like, and Ray Ray is bad for this team. I thought after the game, weren't we feeling like this is that Reed makes this defense better. It's pretty clear that he is a positive addition. And two, while Ray Ray isn't like lighting the league on fire and he let that one punt go over his head, he's not been bad back there. No, and, you know, I feel like, uh, I mean, listen, I'm a Clemson fan, and it came from Clemson, and he never really produced a ton at Clemson. But one of the things that, you know, uh, that we know about him is that he's always going to be a threat to do either of two things, make a boneheaded play and fumble or do like what he did and let the ball bounce too far, or he's going to take it to the house. I mean, he really is a dynamic athlete and and a good player. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that uh, that Ray Ray has been terrible for us, and I think that he really has potential to be a good returner. And then, you know, when it comes to Reed, I kind of feel like we know who he is right now. He's an aggressive safety. You want him traveling that you know big, strong safety position, and basically working as a hybrid linebacker. And I feel like that's where he excels on our team. He had a nice blitz that was converted into a sack and then as far as the deep ball eric was the one that knocked down the pass that won the football game deep in the end zone so yeah i don't know man i'm not i'm not huge on the on those criticisms um they're not perfect they haven't been perfect but who has on our football team well yeah not to not to jump in but i mean think about it from this perspective luke luke had a few missed tackles right i mean and luckily Luckily, they were called. That one was called back when him and Shaq both missed some, you know, tackles. But uh, it was, I didn't see enough missed tackles from Eric Reed to make it noteworthy. And when you, I feel like that was last year. That I feel like that was that you're letting some of your your kind of views from last year creep in because we did see a couple missed tackles last year. But I don't know if it's as predominant as it was. Continue, CK. But and then the other piece was Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, I want to piggyback on what Cody said. I mean, he is honestly probably been one of the more exciting kick returners that's actually stayed healthy uh, outside of Demir Bird, who couldn't last more than a game or two. Um, yeah. 
You know, I'm actually, every time we get a punt, man, I'm excited for that. Now, granted, yeah, that was a 70-yard punt that he let go on. But, I mean, at the same time, and I'm glad the announcers were on his side. They were saying, like, it's kind of easy to lose the ball up in those rafters, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, And, I'm you know what, the worst thing that. to do is is to touch it and turn it yeah. over. Yeah. Right? It's to run run yeah. up into traffic, tr- trying to make too much, much of a play. Run. You know, I mean, it was what a, a bounce, what a bounce. And Cody, by the way, that's why you're the most popular guy on this show. That analysis to come in and talk about Eric Reed, I think is I I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm listen. I, I agree with what you said too about how you know we had these kind of notions of who Eric Reed was last year and the penalties and the fines and you know uh, the drug testing and there's this kind of narrative i feel that's already in the head of some people about eric but i feel he's been fantastic man uh you know i I know we talked about trey boston and eric reed being one of the best safety tandems that we've probably ever had for the panthers right yeah agreed i'm just i'm not ready to come down too hard on on either of those guys and i also want to hit on people have no idea how hard it is to be a punt returner but not just oh my god receiver. Yeah, yeah that's not easy to do man then it's the have... most dangerous position in the nfl yes and you have a bunch of defensive linemen that have already been sprinting at you and you're trying to look for the ball and they're trying to ca- get you to cough yeah. it up isn't the best thing that they could on. isn't it it's like the equivalent of like um yoking on a posterizing somebody in the nba would be for a gunner to blast a punt returner as he's catching oh, it yeah. with no penalty. Oh, right? Yeah. It's the sexiest thing. on the backfield. Yeah. And it is dangerous. You have to, and that's why that's the problem for Demir Bird is he he had to prove himself in a place that really wasn't fair to him. You know, yeah, he was kind of dynamic in it, but it is the most dangerous thing. You shouldn't put that's like putting a toddler out there and running around. Now, I think Ray Ray has been fine. The, then continue the conversation. And I, and I don't want to uh, be – I'm not trying to dog the person because I think they had good points. Because like people said in the – Jetta George said in the chat room, is like he needs to wrap up. These are these are fair criticisms, right? When you miss a tackle, when you don't do that, when you try to thump and thud as he likes to do, you know, that's the – you know, it's kind of the old school. Like you come across the middle and trying to teach you a lesson more than do what's fundamentally sound. I get that. I think there's a legitimate criticism, but we, I think uh, CK said is what if we see this with Luke at times? Hey, James Bradbury has had one of the best seasons uh, that he's ever had or yeah. one of the best that he's having a phenomenal season, and he's bit twice, right? He bit in that Arizona game the same thing on the run, could have made a tackle. He did it again in this game against two, that one play that he got made looking fun- funky with, and he com- he – Missed the tackle. Are you ready to say that he is not having a good season? No, I think that that's where I think I'm really excited about Eric Reed is that I think the quality of defense we've gotten in the secondary has become more consistent while he's been there. Yeah, and it's more of a problem uh, with Dante than than Eric Reed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, you can make the argument that Eric Reed has been in the NFL longer and he should have those basics kind of under wrap more. But then there's the coaching aspect to it, too. You know, it doesn't matter what season you've been playing, how long you've been playing for. You have to practice those fundamentals and, and wrap up all the time. So we're not saying that Eric doesn't do that, but it's not as much of a problem as certain people are trying to make it out to be. Let's talk well, about well, – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. 
I'll say just talking about Reed, which y'all were talking about, uh, you know, Cody, you raised a great point there at the end where he batted down the ball on that Hail Mary. If you yeah. go back and watch that play, he jumps over the guy's back and bats the ball down. Had he not done that, there's nobody in front of him. That guy's going to catch that ball and score a touchdown. Like that, that, that was yeah. what that, that, that swatting that ball saying, like, if you go back and watch it, there's nobody in front of him except for another uh, defender or another uh, receiver. So he's going to yeah. catch that ball. Yes. Um, and the thing about Eric Reed is, man, he's a home run hitter. You know, yeah, you're going to yeah, get yeah. either an amazing play out of him or he's going to get burned. And it's kind of the same way Dante Jackson is, just a little bit younger. Yeah. Both uh, Bradbury's more level-headed of those three. Uh, but, but that's what you're going to get out of him, man. And all you can hope for is that the amazing plays outweigh the ones that are kind of bonehead plays that he goes for that maybe he could have played it safer and stopped the ball instead of going for the pick. Uh, you just got to kind of hope for that. But that's what you're going to get out of him. And you need guys like that on your team. I'm very happy with Eric Reed and the production he's given us on our team. So let's turn For the sure. t- let's turn the conversation to Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, okay, Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. uh, sensational. First, I'd like to point this one. Uh, it's kind of yeah. a a big like game, it. a big game we're playing this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just among the lure of Christian McCaffrey, because I admittedly said that, and I am I'm going to eat my crow. Mm-hmm. Just wrong. Just I was just wrong. And this is that if I had my pick, if I just had either or, like I could pick between Fournette and McCaffrey, then I would go Fournette because it would be safer. Oh, I'm going to bring and, that up later. And, and I actually think that, and actually, I don't even think I said it would be safer. I thought that I thought Fournette was going to come into the league and be, be like an ape. Yeah, be a better player and be like a P yeah. type player. So hey, hey, I was, I was wrong. I was completely it. wrong. And, and and not wrong, but well, I was wrong, but I didn't say that Christian McCaffrey is going to be bad. I do want to preference that. But Christian McCaffrey has been far far better than I could have ever imagined. He's in the conversation for me for a for a type of Ladanian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk quality player. He's already on a Hall of Fame track to me. So my question to you guys now, as we uh, you know, have this kind of revenge match. We get to see, and Fournette is had his biggest game of his career last week, so kind of fits the billing for a good MMA matchup between McCaffrey and Fournette. But when it comes to McCaffrey, the talk has been about should we worry about how much we use him? Your thoughts on the use of Christian McCaffrey playing almost every snap uh, and I'll start with this. I'll start with Greg on this, and we'll go CK and then Cody. Greg, wh- what do you got? Is how do you feel about the usage of McCaffrey? Uh, I think the usage of McCaffrey is a lot on him. I think the coaches have kind of given him this: "We're going to play you as much as you feel like you can play," type deal. And we all know that whenever we have a young, really talented position player, we don't mind putting them in danger, you know, via Cam Newton. Uh, but as far as his users goes, man, as long as he's out there and he's wanting to do it, I mean, some people are just workhorses like that, you know? I don't think he's going to be able to do this for years to come, but in his first few years in the league, if he wants to do this, and he's out there for a reason, too, because he gets no respect. Nobody talks, like, he's the, he leads the league in so many different stats, and nobody talks about him when they talk about the best running backs in the NFL. They talk about Dalvin Cook and, and uh, Alvin Kamara and, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley and uh, all those guys, they never talk about Christian McCaffrey. And he's out there to prove that wrong, I feel. Uh, as far as him being used too much, I don't think he is because even though he's in almost every play, he's not being used in every play. A lot of times he's out as a wide receiver, a blocker, which I know still does a lot of work and 
can, you know, take away the time you get to play, you know, in the long haul, but it's not running down the middle every single play. So, and I got an interesting stat with Leonard Fournette here in a little while. And we'll talk about that. But uh, no, I don't think they're using him too much. I think if he's down to do it, then he can do it. And he is showing why he is the best running back in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard for me to disagree with that. And um, yeah, by the way, before we get to CK here, who is, by the way, wearing his Christian McCaffrey jersey. Yeah, that. So nice one too. We, we have Very to nice get his, uh, his opinion on this. But um, uh, today they released a, a video of the Panthers YouTube and Brian Burns was mic'd up. And on the pass where uh, Christian had to lay out and bobble the ball and end up making the reception, Brian Burns and I think it was Kyle Love are talking about he might actually be the best running back in the NFL right now. So a lot yeah. of I know the players are definitely uh, starting to come on to that notion. But uh, CK, what what do you think about this man with that beautiful jersey that you're wearing? Oh man, and I just got it today. I ordered it on Friday, and I was so happy that he had a good production on on Sunday. But um, <laughs> it felt like you got validated. Your purchase oh, was validated. God, yeah, <laughs> man, that was the, especially the amount. I was going to go with one validated. of the ones, but I I went for the 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 heavy duty nice. with that's that's stitched and everything so yeah but uh but yeah man i mean at the end of the day i uh one of my biggest pet peeves is when people sit there and say we're wearing him down and then you look at the numbers of so one of the comparisons i was reading an article and i think it was on uh nfl.com and they were talking about how he's on pace for just shy of what demarco murray did when he broke the emmett smith record for the cowboys right what were those Um, numbers it was like 444 touches or something like it was something crazy, but it was talking about touches, not the actual production, I should say. Um, right. But the the issue I had with the article is it said, and DeMarco, it's it's safe to mention that DeMarco Murray, Murray was never the same after that season. And like, he was also he was like 29. Here's the thing. Yeah. He did. He wasn't anywhere close to McCaffrey's ability before that season. And he had one of the best offensive lines in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, he, you, he got traded that season too, didn't he? So of course he's not going to be yeah. as good behind a bet, the worst offensive exactly, line. Exactly, and he was twenty eight. So I, I think he was like twenty eight when that happened too. Yeah. He's not and, twenty. And he's not a spring were, chicken. And you, re, you know, you read some of North Turner's uh, offenses. You know, Christian McCaffrey gets the ball less on the touches, at least last year. That is, uh, than Ladamian Tomlinson ever had. Like any of his mm-hmm. running backs, they always have more touches. Right. Then Christian McCaffrey had the entire season last year. So I, I, I there is no validation in that. They're just looking at it. They're still using his draft profile against him. And what I mean by that, he's too little to run between the tackles. Is that um, your point, Tony? Yes. Yes. Sorry, no, no. Great. Go. I'm glad you agree with me. I'm so glad that someone – I was thinking about this today. I felt like I was buying into the narrative, right? I felt like I had been baited into thinking – that I should be more upset with my coaching staff about not being more protective over this great asset we got. Hell no. You got a car that's the best, baddest-ass car in the world. You take it out, and you drive it on Sundays, right? And I went and, I went and looked up the numbers, and you're right. Is LaDainian Tomlinson is the biggest measure, right? Is that he's probably the worst comparison because he was averaging – he averaged over 300 carries a year, right? Christian McCaffrey has not. Last year, he had 219 rushes. The year before, he had 435. 
In 2019, he's had 86. So you do 86 times four. What's that? He's he's like just at 300. Marshall yeah. Falk, again, Marshall Falk, one of the most Hall of Famer, one of these guys, he was averaging about 260. This is the, the real comparison to Christian McCaffrey is Marshall Falk because he was averaging about 260, 270 carries, maybe a little less than that, and again, 80, 90 targets. Right, so you're talking about a guy that you either get 300 rushes and 50 targets, or you get, say, for instance, 260 rushes and um, a little bit more targets on the receiving, which I think is friendly on your body. My point that I think that I agree 100% with CK is I don't remember saying this, huh? I really think we should take Marshall Falk off the field to protect him. Right. It was like, hell nah, give the damn ball to Marshall Falk. And that's how I feel about Christian McCaffrey. Is that I don't, yes, you're always one play away from an injury. Okay, if you do, if you are concerned about his durability and how much he means to the team, then maybe mix up his uh, touches more receptions rather than carries. But I don't know if sheltering a player, like just, would it make you feel better? Actually, would this conversation go away? If we gave Jordan Scarlett three carries a game, three oh, carries is, a game. Uh, okay, but this would it go away? Because so Moneybags Lawson says we need to use him as a weapon and not a crutch. And what I'm saying is, is to play Christian McCaffrey even ten snaps less or, or, or seven than what he's playing now, you're not stopping him from being a superstar, from being a player that can take over the football game. At any moment. Are you really helping him that much? Well, yeah, because, okay, so you even brought it up on Sunday. Why not have Jordan Scarlett and Christian McCaffrey in the game and create the illusion of, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to motion out Christian, hand it off to uh, Jordan? I mean, they're just, I feel like, you know. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Well, well, there's two two things about that. One, nobody's scared of Jordan Scarlett. Right now, and what, if you have what, Christian McCaffrey, have play time. How are you well, be I, I, I'll give you that. But if you have Christian McCaffrey on the field, they're gonna they're gonna be scared of him regardless because he's even when you know he's getting the ball, you can't stop him. Okay, that's fine. But put two, him out in the receiver and put Scarlett in the backfield. I'm with Cody on this. I, I I think that playing him the way we're playing him is good because he's the kind of guy that needs to play a lot to get those numbers when he gets his engine going. You know, look at his first season where he was splitting the ball and he wasn't carrying the ball nearly as much. He was in the, in the on the field maybe half half of the time. And he didn't have as nearly as productive of a season. You give him the ball and you let him do what he's supposed to do, and he's the best player in the NFL. And shout out to Ross Gold for the five dollar super chat. Agreeing with me, saying I just don't like playing them when we're up like we did against Arizona. That, okay, okay. there's there's yeah. the good. All right, now then we're really over, getting into a good conversation. Then yeah. right yeah. is yeah. that yeah. we're yeah. talking yeah. about? Yeah. Are there ways that we can use him without taking him off the field? that still keep him on the field because not having on you're better with him on the field no matter what no but you're doubt. right if you're ahead then let's talk about and i think that's where we were at in that arizona game some different things hey guys if you're heading to the game this weekend like ck and i are to witness uh, the induction of these panther greats check out vivid seats they can take care of you getting you the seats you want for the price you want 
use the promo t- promo code overtime. We also have Philip Hellman from the Athletic joining any moment right now um, to the show to help us preview the Jags. Thank you for your support and conversation in the chat room. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Share the podcast. We have been growing so much, guys. The numbers have been incredible. The community we're building has been fantastic. And it's because, uh, really, every week, no matter good, bad, or ugly, we're here chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions. And, guys, look at the perfect timing here. Philip Hellman from The Athletic joining the C3 Panthers podcast. Philip, you uh, tell us a little bit. How long have you been covering uh, the Jaguars. I know the athletic is rather new, but it is the number, in my opinion, the it has become the gold standard of sports journalism at this point in a very short time. But just tell us a little bit of your background before the athletic or or whatever you want to share. Yeah, for sure, guys. So uh, first season covering the Jaguars at the athletic right now. Uh, I work at the Florida Times Union, the newspaper in Jacksonville for about five years prior to that covered uh, the last two or three seasons of the Jags. So the good Run in 2017 was the ASC title game. Uh, a couple years before that, where some pretty mixed results, and then last year's uh, complete debacle. So, seeing a little bit of everything, and uh, you know, this year it's uh, hard to, you know, really get a grasp of what's going on in Jacksonville right now because it's been such a wild start to the season, and a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of ugly, and a lot of fascinating so far. Well, we are both, and what I like about this matchup coming in, and and two of us. Um, are going to the game this weekend. Neither, none of us, not only one of us lives in Charlotte. So we're just a group of guys that, are, that have been talking about the Panthers for the last six years. Every week, we will not stop. We're going to the game this weekend. It's the Hall of Honor game where we're going to be inducting, you know, some big names. Our first induction of like some Panther greats into. We're trying to create a franchise legend. We I mean, like kind of a lure. And what we have done is we, and interestingly. In this moment, as the Jaguars and the Panthers come into the league, both as expansion teams at the same time, have had somewhat of a some found some success as a as young teams. But where are my question to you is now that the Jaguars were both two and two coming in this game. We we started zero and two, I believe, or I know we did. I believe the Jaguars also started zero and two. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're both on two game win streaks we're two on the road this game is means a lot for these teams at this point it's an important junction i think someone's going to come out a winner here where are the jaguars at as a team right now like you said you're having a hard time grasping it but what's the temperature right now yeah it was uh coming out of week two it was extremely hot we had you know uh the whole jalen ramsey saga where he requested a trade after the sideline spout with doug marone in a 13, excuse me, 13 to 12 loss where uh, Marone opted to go for the two point conversion at the, you know, late in the fourth quarter and didn't work out. So that's been a storyline that sort of has hung over the franchise for the last couple of weeks. Ramsey played the Thursday night game uh, a couple of weeks ago in week three against Tennessee and the Jaguars won. He sat out for the first time in his career uh, on Sunday in Denver with, you know, what is being described as a back ailment, but some people, uh, you know, the conspiracy theorists among us say you know maybe he's angling and trying to put pressure on the team to get out of town but yeah so it really had a chance to go sideways you're 0-2 if you're Jacksonville uh, at one point you've lost your quarterback your starter Nick Foles after 10 snaps a, a broken left clavicle and you know he's going to be out until at least like 11 and your replacement is a six-round rookie in Gardner Minshew who did you know a lot of awesome things last year at Washington State but 
in 30 drives during the preseason didn't produce a single touchdown. So I was writing basically that the Jags, you know, needed to go get a veteran option behind Foles before uh, the season even began. And, you know, I was very skeptical of what Gardner Minshew would do for them. And I've been proven completely wrong. I've got egg all over my face. He's uh, led them to uh, to two wins, uh, as you mentioned, two game winning streak coming in. And, you know, the Jags have a real opportunity ahead of them here. They get, you know, Carolina, who I assume will not have Cam Newton. They've got New Orleans the following week, no Drew Brees. And then it's Cincinnati and the Jets, two teams who are racing to the bottom. So a team that looked like it could have really gone sideways for a while, uh, suddenly in a decent spot here to rip off a pretty good win streak. One more example of how, Gar- how Gardner can take anyone home. Philip, a non-believer. Everybody, my that's my theory is Gardner Minshew can take anybody home. It doesn't matter who. It could be a it could be a dang uh, bison for all I care, and he can take that person home. The other thing I want to point out, Greg, is he, Greg, he said for us conspiracies out there, conspiracy theorists out there talking about Jalen Ramsey. What I got to say is it's a little too quiet, Raph. A little too quiet that's my ninja turtles joke for the day cody jump in there (laughs) oh man who doesn't love a good ninja turtle reference um you know but i do want to say uh you know real quick one of the you know obviously the panthers and the jaguars were both an expansion team at the same year came in at the same time um so i love our matchup uh but both of our teams right now are going through this backup quarterback thing like a lot of teams in the NFL are um actually so I'm gonna backtrack and ask you what was your initial mindset when the Jaguars went out and got Nick Foles a Super Bowl MVP and what are the chances that if Gardner continues to play well this year that maybe this is Gardner's job as opposed to Nick Foles yeah that's a the million dollar question in Jacksonville right now um I'll start with Nick Foles. I was uh, a bit leery of the signing because of exactly what we've seen, injury problems. The guy had started nine regular season games over the past three years in Philadelphia. Uh, Obviously, he came in and, you know, had some magical moments for the Eagles, led them to the Super Bowl title, was a Super Bowl MVP. But, you know, he had had a shot previously in Philadelphia and was injured. He had a shot uh, with the Rams uh, a couple of years later. And, Uh, was benched he was considering giving up football so there were a lot of red flags that this was somebody who was not going to be able to navigate through a full season and the Jaguars uh, you know they they paid him uh, as if he was a franchise quarterback 22 million dollars a year uh, 50 million guaranteed I think it was a a franchise record for most guaranteed money on a contract Uh, they really rolled out the red carpet for him and I do like him as a player. We saw it in week one that the play he was injured, it was an unbelievable touchdown pass to DJ Chark, just a, you know, a pass that Blake Bortles never would have made here, a pass that Jacksonville fans hadn't really seen in years from the quarterback position. So you could understand why, you know, from ownership on down, they were really excited to get Nick Foles, and they thought, you know, with more consistent quarterback play, they could quickly turn the page on that 5-11 and season last year. Uh, but now... You know, it's it really is anybody's guess. I still tend to think that Nick Foles' job will be there for him when he gets back. But the Jags have five games left before their bye week uh, until Foles is eligible to return. I mean, what if you win four of those five games and you're sitting here and you're six and three? How do you pull yeah. Gardner Minshew out of the starting job? You know, at that point, do you say, hey, Nick, we're going to give you the rest of the year off to really make sure you're healthy and compete for the job next year? 
do you tell Gardner, hey, thanks for, you know, keeping us in the playoff hunt. We're going to go back to, to Nick here. I tend to think just because of the way that they've talked about Nick Foles all throughout training camp the preseason, uh, John Filippo had experience with him in Philadelphia. Shad Khan said it was his dream to get Nick Foles here. Uh, you know, Doug Marone has been effusive in his praise. My thought, my gut says that they would still go back to Nick Foles, but that's a really, really tough decision to make. It's a good problem to have, but I was talking to a receiver in the locker room uh, after the game and sort of posed that same question to him, and he just smirked and you know sort of had a big big smile on his face and said man that's a that's a problem we would love to have but it would certainly be a problem because at some point you are either not rewarding the guy who kept you afloat when your starter was out or you're turning your back on somebody who you signed to be your franchise quarterback not only in 2019 but in 2020 and 21 and you know really beyond all right so i kind of this is, this is the hard question I would want to ask the general manager or the coach at this point, is why is it Nick Foles' job to have and take back? Right? He didn't. Did he play any regular season games, meaningful snaps for the team, and is it just because you went and made him the plan? Right? But if you're winning, I, I don't think you have like a legacy or like some sort of connection to Nick Foles. He's never played really uh, – he's never even played a game for the Jaguars for uh, as far as I know. Why he is snaps. it? He went out in the uh, the season opener against Kansas City in the first quarter on, uh, I believe it was their second drive. So um, how do we truly know it is his job to lose? You know what I'm saying? Like in that sense is that we haven't even seen anything. I mean, and we all know how practices go. They already put the number one. It's not like they're really competing with each other. You know, you no. know who your number one is. And if Minshew's doing it, I mean, I feel like Marone, how can he resist the Minshew drip? It's a political answer. It's a political question. I mean, it's tough it's the to, money. It's the money. It just comes down to the money. Who's more it's marketable? I mean, he's got, oh, his cap number next year is over twenty-two million dollars. I think uh, even if they were That's to cut lot. him, it's like thirty-three million dollars in dead money. So he's going to be on this roster next year. Uh, in twenty twenty-one, you can save like I think it's like fourteen or fifteen million dollars by cutting him. But certainly, that's I mean, he's going to be paid as one of the top passers in this league, and can you have him sit on your bench? I just, I just don't know. Uh, it's, it's a brilliant question, and it's one that they're going to have to, you know, really decide on. But at the same time, I mean, I, I think we've got to pump the brakes a little bit on the Gardner Minshew hype. I know everybody loves him, and he's, believe me, an unbelievable guy in the locker room just to talk to and that sort of thing. But. Uh, this is not the Kansas City Chiefs offense. This is not the New Orleans Saints offense with Drew Brees. Uh, Minshew's thrown seven touchdowns, only one pick, but I think they had three points at halftime in his first start, 14 in his second start, and six last week against Denver, and they made a nice rally. Certainly, he does have the flair for the dramatic. We've seen that a couple of times, but, I mean, this is not somebody who's throwing for, you know, 300, 350 yards a game. He's not even thrown for 225 yards in a game yet. So, But what he I mean, is, he is win? he's Nick Foles, though. In some ways, he's Nick Foles right. with swagger. Is that a guy who came in and made a lot of his opportunity? That's what Nick Foles yeah, has done in no. the past, and that's all he's done. You know, well, and, we know and Nick Foles is Nick Foles has a track record of coming in in like week sixteen and doing mm -hmm. well in the playoffs. So maybe it's that sort of situation. Maybe uh, Minshew just cruises until the last couple weeks of the season, and we see a, a repeat of that. But I mean, geez, if you're Nick Foles, what a punch in the gut. I mean, he's. 
a good team. <laughs> yeah. He's handled it well, but you finally get your, you know, to be the franchise guy again. And within the first month of the season, fans are printing Minshew t-shirts. They're wearing the mustaches. They're cutting their jean shorts and the jorts and stuff. It's, uh, you know, he's the most popular guy in town that we've had in quite a while. So, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, they're still more than a month away, but it's going to be a question that's asked a million times between now and then if Gardner Minshew continues to play well. Greg, you're muted. <laughs> he lost his sound. CK, go ahead and jump in there. Um, one of the things I would caution – I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the Jags should be very cautious with, and it happened against the Panthers, but Romo had a, uh, a collarbone issue as well. Right, and he came back as quickly as he possibly could, and first game back, facing the Carolina Panthers, Thomas Davis broke his collarbone again. What so is the timeline to- on? What is the timeline on Foles? He's on IR, so he's eligible to come back week eleven, uh, which is at Indianapolis. And yeah, that's maybe that's the solution if you are the Jags and you are, you know, six and four, seven and three, or if you just feel like Minshew's playing too well to take out. Maybe you go to Foles and say, look. We could rush you back, but we want to make sure you are absolutely healthy going into the offseason and going into next year because this is a guy who's had a hairline fracture of his collarbone before, so this is uh, somewhat of a recurring injury. This one was worse, uh, in his words, worse than the one that he had when he was uh, a young quarterback in this league. So this is by no means something that you know is a one-time deal for him. So, yeah, maybe that's the out if the Jaguars need it, is you say, hey, Nick, you're gonna we're going to give you – six to eight months to really truly recover as opposed to rushing back or you know maybe he is back and he's on the roster and he's on the bench until you know week 13 14 50 i don't know i really don't have an answer but it's i mean it's one of the most interesting subplots of this team right now you guys hear me now yes all right good deal hey philip what's up man this is greg what's up What's up, man? I'm going to change lanes a little bit, and I'm going to talk about something that I know as far as all Panthers fans here are going to want to have a little comment on, and I want to go into this uh, Leonard Fournette versus Christian McCaffrey uh, debacle here. (laughs) I know that uh, coming out that year, I think we were eighth, y'all were fifth, and we were both looking at both these players. Um, Before I get your initial thoughts, I just want to run over a few stats. That way they're out there. I'll, I'll be the stat daddy for a little while. And then, uh, and then we'll start talking about this debate back and forth. Um, so Fournette has 25 games, and uh, Christian McCaffrey has 36. So for me, he's a little more Fournette's a little more injury prone. Um, but to to an argument that we had earlier about overusing Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey has 11 more games and almost 50 less carries than Fournette does through through those carries. So that's just going right. back to to a stat we had earlier. I think it's 473 attempts for uh, Fournette's total career and 422 for McCaffrey for the entire career. Uh, of those, uh, Leonard Fournette has 1,883 uh, 8, in um, yards, and Christian McCaffrey has 1,944. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is averaging 4.6 yards, whereas Fournette's 4 yards. Uh, rushing touchdowns, Fournette has 14, and McCaffrey has 13. And then... Um, touchdowns, right. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, just, just rushing touchdowns. And then Leonard Fournette has 74 receptions for 601 yards, where Christian McCaffrey has 212 receptions for 1736 <laughs> and 11 touchdowns. Bars. And Fournette has 20 has two touchdowns. So, uh, like I said, I'm not talking trash by any means. I just want to put stats out there to give an idea. <laughs> and we have to know. put this in context, Greg. We have to put it in context for Philip. Is this is that at, we have a draft show each year? It's been right. going okay, on yeah. for the last six point. or seven years. 
and we live watch the first round of the draft. We cover it, you know, just as fans. We have fans calling in and stuff. And the debate that year was ultimately is that if you had your pick of the town, if you could pick either or, kind of like when the Panthers picked DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley, they picked the right. one they wanted. Would you go learn uh, Fournette or would you go McCaffrey? And we were so split, but McCaffrey has been so sensational. And Greg, I think I think Greg's question is is just wh- where are your thoughts on Fournette at this point, and yep. when you hear McCaffrey's numbers? Yep. Yeah, I mean it's hard to look at Leonard Fournette's body of work and not be somewhat disappointed. He had a really nice rookie season in 2017 where he ran for a thousand yards, and that was what the Jaguars really needed. I mean, they going right. into the 2017 draft, they had no offensive identity they had no toughness they had no physicality it was a joke of a franchise for the previous decade and they went out and tried to address it they got Fournette in the first round they drafted Cam Robinson out of Alabama in the second round at left tackle and they wanted those guys to just bring in a level of toughness that hadn't been seen in Jacksonville in a while and they did they did that I mean Fournette rushed for 1,040 yards nine touchdowns they go to the AFC title game and you know we're within you know a Tom Brady comeback of the Super Bowl and that's what the Jaguars envisioned. And Tom Coughlin, who is the front office chief here, I mean, that was always going to be his sort of guy. Was He was going to draft the powerful, punishing uh, win with tough nose defense and, you know, sort of grinding opponents into the ground. So the Fortnite was always going to be Coughlin's choice over a guy like Christian McCaffrey for as many skills as he has and somebody who would fit great on this offense. Uh, but, yeah, last year was a total step back. Fortnite played eight games. He was out. Uh, due to seven of them because of a hamstring injury that bothered him throughout the year. He was deactivated for the final game because of all kinds of off-the-field incidents, issues, uh, disagreements, to the point where uh, he was suspended for a game uh, for fighting in Buffalo. He got suspended for the Indianapolis game, uh, which allowed the Jaguars to void his remaining guarantees on his rookie contract. And I was writing in January that it looked like Leonard Fournette's career in Jacksonville was over. The Jaguars went after his guarantees. Uh, he was abysmal last year. He was a malcontent in the locker room. There was really not much that could be said or written about Fournette that was positive. And I thought the Jaguars were going to wash their hands of him. Tom Coughlin released a scathing uh, statement after the season finale where Fournette was inactive and just basically sat on the bench looking absent-minded the entire game. And I thought they were moving on. And instead, they overhauled their entire running backs room other than Fournette. They brought in uh, a new running backs coach in Terry Rubisky, a guy who's been around for a long time, was a running back at LSU from New Orleans. So clearly, you know, while maybe not a babysitter per se, somebody who they thought could get through to him in a way that nobody else had been able to. And, you know, so far this year, the returns have been pretty good. Uh, the first three games, I I think, was just okay. The offensive line hasn't been uh you know, particularly good at run blocking. They've struggled to open holes, and Fournette's missed a lot of holes when they've been there. Uh, and then, obviously, last week, the 225-yard game, that's, I mean, that's exactly what the Jaguars want from him. It's ridiculous to say, you know, you need a 200 yards every game, but that's certainly the style of rushing, the powerful, making guys miss. I think he broke five tackles on Sunday after only having three broken tackles the previous three games. So yeah. he's back to kind of giving them more of what they want, but with him it, – caveats always is he going to stay healthy is he going to stay locked in can you really trust him in a way that it doesn't seem like christian mccaffrey really brings those existential questions into the panthers locker room has he settled down at all like as a person you know what yeah, i mean because you kind of get like the you saw him with the car thing he was in the video i mean and those are as a, as a person who defends cam at every turn 
you know, we need some context to know this, but it hasn't been good looks for him. Has he become more of a guy that's just tr- ready to put his helmet down and get 200 yards a game? Yeah, it, it does seem that way. I mean, early on in his career, if you look through his Instagram, there was, yeah, like you mentioned, there were pictures of cars and, you know, hundreds and maybe thousands of dollars stacked on tables, on planes and all kinds of stuff. Stuff that made you really, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. If you've earned the money and you've, earn the right to have those luxuries in your life that's completely fine i will never knock anybody for that but you do get a little concerned is this guy does he have the right people around him is he to the point where he's not going to have any money when he retires is he making the right decisions and it, does seem like game, sort yeah. of, it seems like he sort of has toned down on that you don't see that as much on his social media um just from a media perspective last year there were a lot of times he's always a thursday guy he spoke on thursdays but you know, he didn't want to do it. You'd be waiting around for him. He'd, you know, try to cancel or give you as little as possible. This year, he's been much more forthcoming. Been, you know, for a lack of a better term, a good soldier. Come through and been, you know, open, giving us, I don't know, a lot of access in a way that we haven't before. So it does seem like the light went on for him at some point during the off season. But again, it's a year that it's still early. It's only four weeks into the season, and he hasn't really had any adversity. He's been healthy. The team's two and two. Uh, and, you know, if he were to suffer a setback, if he has the hamstring injury, if things aren't going his way, does he revert back to the 2018 version of Leonard Fournette? Right. You would hope not, but uh, it's too soon to say, I think. But for right now, all indications are that he's uh, at least taking a step in the right direction. So, hey, this is uh, C.K. Phillip. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to switch gears a minute, and we've we've – kind of focused a lot on the offenses of both of these teams, but I think it's fair to say that this game is going to come down to the defense on both sides. We got Saxonville versus the Sac Street boys, apparently is what our guys want to be called. (laughs) Um, And so just to focus on one side of that with Gardner Minshew um, with, well, I guess technically both of these guys going up and, and, and having, I guess their fourth start, both of them have their fourth start coming up. And going up against two of the premier pass rushes in the NFL, uh, how do you anticipate this is going to go based on how you know the offensive line performs and the way that Gardner Minshew handled the pressure last week against that uh, that pass rush when he uh, escaped and got that game winner? Yeah, so the offensive line certainly played as well as they had uh, all year last week against Denver, but Minshew still was, I think he was sacked five times, hit 12 times, so you, I mean, you sort of saw Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb go off in a way that they hadn't. It's unbelievable going to that game. The Broncos had zero sacks as a team through their first three games, but uh, the offensive line definitely was much better in the run game. Pass protection is still a problem. They still, just, there's too many penalties. I think uh, their rookie right tackle, Jawan Taylor, is the most penalized guy in the NFL. At least he was coming out of Sunday night. Somebody might have overtaken him last night, but I think he's got six penalties in four games. Um, and your old guy, Andrew Norwell from Carolina, has been, you know, a letdown to some degree, I think. Oh, really? The Panthers, and, you know, he just, the returns haven't been great. He played Y'all well paid him so much. That's why yeah. y'all paid him so much. I mean, you paid, when you see a guy do something for one season, and he was good. I'm not saying that, but when you pay him the money for his best season, man, it is a risk to it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a classic case of the Jags thought they were one piece away. They lost in the AFC title game the year before because they couldn't run the ball in the fourth quarter. They thought, we'll bring in this road grader at left guard, which had been sort of a little bit of a revolving door for them, and that's going to be the missing piece. And it turns out that, you know. A guard doesn't win year. the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was the complete opposite. So that's been a disappointment. But uh, overall, you know, it'll be interesting. The offensive line – for Jacksonville, I think, uh, to me, still has a lot of problems. But uh, flipping to the other side of the ball, their defensive line is just absolutely so nasty. I mean, they've got so much talent. It's ridiculous. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe hasn't really even gotten going. He's been battling a hamstring. But I still think he's one of the league's better pass rushers. Josh Allen, their seventh overall pick, had uh, two sacks and a forced fumble uh, on Thursday night against Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. And he just looks like he's going to be an absolute monster and. Calais Campbell continues to, you know, sort of defy father time. He's 33 years old, but he had a three-sack game uh, as well against Tennessee. They racked up nine sacks in that game. Uh, they got after Joe Flacco a good bit. So that, to me, is where the Jags, week in and week out, seem to have an advantage is their defensive front going up against the opposing offensive line. Uh, their linebackers and secondary in terms of the safeties, to me, are still questionable. They're still making mistakes. They've only got... Uh, they've got a lot of young guys, uh, you know, both their safeties are lacking in, you know, a lot of experience. They've got a weak side linebacker, Quincy Williams, who's a rookie, but their front four and, you know, front three, front five, depending on how many, you know, they want to bring. It's just one of the best units in the league and it's so much fun to watch. Well, so, uh, Philip, I wanted to jump in and and ask you this. I've been doing this. I've been asking this of, of all of our guests. I'm Cody, by the way. I never introduced myself. I apologize. Um, yeah, so, you know, looking at this matchup, on paper, what are you What are you hesitant about when facing the Carolina Panthers? Do you see anything that we do well and that we're doing well that, you're, that kind of makes you hesitant going into this matchup? And do you think Jacksonville has a strength going into this matchup that they might be able to exploit against Carolina? Yeah, so for me it starts, and this is probably no surprise, but it starts with Christian McCaffrey. We saw last week Jacksonville had a tough time uh, containing Royce Freeman in the the passing game. Mm. A couple yeah. of big first downs uh, going, getting thrown to Freeman, which is not really what you think of. You know, he's sort of more of a bruiser out of Oregon, where obviously McCaffrey, I mean, you guys know as well as anybody what he can do in the receiving game. I mean, he's already got, you know, just a ridiculous workload early in this season. So that to me is – the he's had the 31 catches this season he's yeah. he had wait, he had 80 receptions his rookie excuse me 80 rookie year 107 last year he's got 25 on 31 targets yeah he's i mean he's he's insa- sensational if you saw the the film of him with that with the bobble ball i mean he does things that people challenge i felt like that call last week guys when they challenged the call about christian mccaffrey like sliding and catching that was kind of like a referee calling a foul um, prematurely in the NBA just because they assumed it was going to be a foul. That's how yeah. sensational it is. All the time too. Sorry, Philip. Continue. Oh, no, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be my concern if I were the Jaguars is, okay, if, if the Panthers can get Christian McCaffrey out in space, can their linebackers make enough plays on him? That, that to uh-huh. me is you need a big game for Miles Jack. He's their most athletic linebacker. Quincy Williams, their rookie, runs really well. He's a little undersized, but he's a good tackler. Can the two of them uh, do enough to keep McCaffrey from ripping off, you know, one of those just absolutely game-changing plays. 
And then also tight ends for years have trouble the Jags. So do you get a big Greg Olson game or do one of the receivers, whether it's Moore, Samuel, one of those speed guys, do they do they get behind the safeties, which is what really just killed them in week one against Kansas City was they didn't have anybody who could match up with Sammy Watkins. He was running right by their safeties. He was running by their corners. There were coverage busts. So to me, the speed would be a concern at, you know, basically all those positions. And then McCaffrey in space is just, it just feels like, if I were a fantasy owner this week, you know, especially in a PPR league, I'd be feeling pretty good about Christian McCaffrey because I think that's a great way to get him involved. Um, and then for the Jags, it's a good question. I do think that they found something uh, against the Broncos and being able to run the ball. Uh, and when they can do that, the it opens the play action a little bit. And I really like what DJ Chark is doing for them. He's a, a second-year receiver. Uh, would have had his fourth touchdown of the season last week, but Cam Robinson was called for an illegal hands-to-the-face penalty. But he's really started to emerge, and he looks like you know not only a number one, you know, possibly in this offense, but a number one receiver in the NFL. I think that he's got that sort of potential. He's really starting to blossom. He's got, I believe, six catches of 20-plus yards. So he finally brings sort of a, a downfield element uh to this offense, and he's somebody who I think that they can get in the right matchups against most secondaries. And, and rip off some big plays, which has been a problem, uh, you know, otherwise, and, you know, dating back to last season. Yep. Well, sticking with the defense real quick, uh, you know, we, we were talking kind of in our little chat here about how similar these two teams are and, and what this game's going to kind of be like. It, it's going to be a very close game, I feel. Uh, it's going to be who gives up the big play or the most big plays or maybe comes down to a turnover or whatever, because I'm looking at the defensive stats right here, and we're averaging 20 points a game. Y'all are averaging 21, which is damn near the same uh y'all average a little more yards per game about 366 and we do about 287 so it's relatively close though uh we're a little better on the um pass than y'all are we average 4.4 pass y'all are 7.6 and then y'all a little better on the run y'all average 4.1 we have 4.9 uh and then we have five takeaways y'all have two so you're looking at two very similar teams through four games how close do you think that 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 with, with how close that defense is do you think it's going to create a close matchup and like i said it's going to be basically a who gives up the big play type game or do you think that one team has a distinct advantage even though the numbers are offense and defense almost the exact same no i think it'll be a close game uh last week showed me something jackson they went down 17 to 3 in denver and they came back and won that game and that's that's the game that they've lost nine times out of ten in yeah. the last few years. And games like last year, it sort of reminded me early on of the, the Dallas game where they got blown out 40-7 to seven, or the Kansas City game where it was like 30-14. to 14. It wasn't even close to that. The fact that they sort of overcame that on the road and came back and won the game-winning field goal, to me, says this team probably has a little bit more maturity than some of the other teams in recent years. But I just don't think there's enough you know, elite talent at every spot in Jacksonville to to blow teams out particularly on the road unless you know it's just the you know if it's one of those games where the Panthers just can't block and Kyle Allen just doesn't have time to to throw and yeah you know suddenly a guy who hasn't thrown interception so far this year throws two or three then maybe the game gets out of hand but to me I think it's going to be fairly low scoring I think you know 24 21 either way I could see it going um you know it'd be a big win for the Jaguars but winning twice on the road back-to-back weeks in the NFL is a tough ask yeah. Uh, you know, sort of going into this two-game stretch, you felt like if you got one of those, you'd probably be in good shape, and then you'd go home. So they got their one in Denver. Do they take their foot off the pedal a little bit? Uh, you know, if you're a Jaguars fan, if you're a Jaguars front office member, you certainly hope not. 
but I think it's a coin flip game. I certainly wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be betting money on either side of this, and I'd be shocked if this is a game that in the fourth quarter isn't very interesting. Well, the line is three and a half favorite. <coughs> excuse me, favorites to the Panthers, and um, I mean that if you give the home town three point discount you know that is a pick em. my final question i know there's one more question from the panel too after me is are you like myself going to dress like gardner Minshew for halloween <laughs> my uh my wife is starting to come around on the mustache she was uh never much a fan of it i'll never be able to do that i'll have to paint i have to paste mine on <laughs> Yeah, I can grow the mustache. My problem is uh, I'm only 27, but my beard started to go white for whatever reason. But the oh, mustache nah. is still thick, so I could uh, I could grow the mustache pretty good. Get the bandana, maybe rock the George. I don't have quite the same quads he has, but you uh, got the chest there because that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on no. that. I'm I'm my my outfit is gonna be that red suit my man came <laughs> off the airplane with with the broad lapels and the kind of like. It looked like saran wrap shirt that was reflective. Yeah, that was so funny because that became such a popular meme on Twitter, but that wasn't even from this season. That was from Washington what? State. What? Yeah. No way. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm... If he plays one bad game, everybody's going to blame it on that. Nah, exactly. look, yeah, I'm an ECU I'm grad. Him. Let me tell you this: is I've got a special. I have a reason to root for Gardner. I'm. I mean, I have two degrees from ECU. I live in the town. I mean, he was here. I watched him play a little bit, not much, and then he left. All right, passing the mic and let's get let Philip have a night off after us, a life after the C3 Panthers podcast. <laughs> Y'all got anything else? I just got one more quick thing. I'll just jump, I'll just jump into it. It's a very off the nose question, Philip. What what are the chances that they ever move Jacksonville to a different city like London oh. or, or 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 somewhere else? I always hear that as like the team that's floated out. If they were going to move a team to um, you know a different country, it would be the Jaguars. Do you have a feeling on what the chances of that actually happening would be? And do you personally have an opinion on it? Man, you're trying to get uh, someone to throw a bag of crap on my porch with that question because people always get so uh, <laughs> whenever that comes up. He called the uh, p- shit poo. He called the shit <laughs> crap. That's what uh, <laughs> Sorry. But, no, I don't think so. I mean, there, there's been so much smoke with the London thing. They've played there for, you know, I think it's going on seven years now off the top of my head. It feels like it's been 100. But um, they have steadfastly said that this was that London is something that helps their bottom line that helps them stay sustainable in Jacksonville which I think uh, how you define sustainable could be uh, open to interpretation but to me I just don't think logistically a team full-time in London makes sense I just it feels like it's a ridiculous amount of travel where's your home base if you want to work out players that sort of thing so uh, the owner here Shad Khan has done a nice job renovating uh, the stadiums, the, the the big scoreboards that he, they put in a few years ago, they're uh, starting to hopefully soon break ground on you know sort of an entertainment district around the stadium that would really transform what they hope they would hope would transform downtown Jacksonville. So, you know, it's definitely a franchise that has challenges. It's a you know it's a stadium that probably needs to be upgraded fairly soon, particularly for the early season games. They're so ridiculously hot. It would be nice to see maybe a cover like Miami has where most of the seats are in the shade. Um, so, yeah, a lot of challenges ahead, but I I don't think they'll be leaving anytime soon. 
I, you know, maybe one day, but it, to me, it's not, uh, it's not a relocation that's going to happen in the next five or 10 years. It, to to kind of add on to that, uh, Pat McAfee said it's one of his favorite place to, uh, places to ever play because uh, it's always a party up there, you know, so, or, or down there. But uh, I think Tampa Bay would have a better chance of going to London than, than Jacksonville. But yeah, uh, nonetheless, I, I did want to ask you, I mean, just your analysis, obviously you've, you've been there with the players. Uh, who do you anticipate in coming down to earth more? I know both of these guys had a come to Jesus moment last week with the performances that they had uh, pulled it out and they both had game winning, you know, plays at the end that were highlight reels. Who comes down to earth more Kyle Allen or Gardner Minshew? Whew, it's hard to say Gardner Minshew just because I've seen him and it just the guy just seems so unflappable. Um, but <laughs> that's the name of his first porno. Yeah. That is his, the name of his first porno. Unflappable. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, man, what what a fun story. What a fun matchup of two young quarterbacks. I, I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I've not – you know, I went back and watched some Kyle Allen film from uh, the Texans game, and you know he makes some impressive throws. He makes uh, some big plays when you need him. And going through the stats, I mean, they're very similar. They both take care of the ball. Um, I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to fall off. I don't know that he's necessarily going to lead them to a six or seven game winning streak. But I don't think that this is, you know, suddenly the clock strikes midnight. He turns into a pumpkin. I think he is a guy who can legitimately <laughs> lead the offense when he doesn't have to freelance, when he doesn't have to, you know, sort of do crazy things, although we saw that against Denver as well. Um, he's an effective passer. So I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to fall off. I don't know, you know, really with the prognosis with Cam, how long Kyle Allen's really going to be in there. So I guess if I had to pick one, I would say Kyle Allen has a better shot of struggling. Uh, but that's just because I've seen more of Gardner Minshew, and I've at this point just come to accept that, he must be the second coming of Jesus or something because you do absolutely go wrong. <laughs> the only true reality is this, is it doesn't matter who wins the game. Gardner's going to take home Kyle Allen's girlfriend and his mom. Go I'm ahead, Greg. He doesn't take home my wife most days. So. Yes, I know. I mean, don't go near. No one is safe. Go ahead, Greg. No Last safe. question, right. and then we're letting Philip out of here. Yeah, Philip, I got He's one more He's been so you, gracious uh, with his time. Historically, LSU – uh, puts out good defensive backs and good good wide receivers. Uh, I want to ask you about DJ Chark. Second year, you know, last last year he had 14 receptions for 174 yard, four yards and zero touchdowns. Terrible. This year through four games, he already has 19 for 321 and three touchdowns. Is this guy the real deal? And I'm asking this because he's on all my fantasy teams. Is he <laughs> the real deal, or is he just had a fir- good first few games? No, I think he's the real deal. And I was as skeptical as anybody about him. Uh, even during the preseason training camp, I was talking to some of the coaching staff off the record, and they, I think even they didn't really know what to expect him. He's a guy who's got all the tools. He's got the 6'4 frame. He's got the blazing speed. But uh, I remember when I was putting together my draft series ahead of that draft, Chark was one of the guys I wrote about. And even in college, it looked like, he looked like somebody who just didn't trust his hands. He was catching with yeah. his body a lot. He was dropping a lot of passes. And we saw that last year to the point where it was like, man, did they draft a really good special teams gunner in the second round? What an absolute you know, eyesore that would be. But he's come back and looked like a totally different guy. He's a sharp yeah. route runner all of a sudden. 
Uh, we haven't seen, you know, any problems with his hands. He's made a couple of just absolutely ridiculous touchdown catches and gorgeous catches. Yes. Yeah, would have had the, the fourth touchdown of the year last week had Cam Robinson uh, not picked up one of his three first half penalties on the play. So yeah. uh, he's built a good rapport with Gardner Minshew. I think, you know, probably doesn't hurt that they got a good amount of reps together during training camp in the preseason. He was one of the few uh, starting receivers to play with Minshew in those preseason games. So I think that's that's helped build the early connection for them. So, I mean, I don't know that he's going to be a 1,200-yard guy at any point in his career, and I don't think that he's going to suddenly be, you know, 12 or 14 touchdowns, what we saw here from Allen Robinson a couple of years ago. But he does seem like somebody to me who uh, is able to go to, for, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards in a score more weeks yeah. than not. I agree. I agree. He looks really good. Some of those touchdown catches were absolutely amazing, and that's why I picked him up. After I think it was week two, we had the 172-yard game or something like that. I saw a couple of those touchdown catches, and I, you know, I picked him right up. He, he's got, if he continues to play like that, he's going to be a, a top, you know, fifteen receiver in the NFL. Easy. The worst yeah. part I mean, about got all the tools. The worst part about Gardner Minshew is that my D.D. Westbrook, Nick Foles chemistry didn't work out because uh, it turns out yeah. it is Gardner Minshew and Shark. Correct, Shark? Do you say? Yep. Like that's what Shark, happens when yeah, you trust a man named D.D. I'm not going to say it. My kids will sing it. Philip Hillman, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on to the C3 Panthers podcast. I'm a subscriber of The Athletic. I, I can't tell yeah, you how, yeah. how much I am um, impressed with the work that's done. That's exactly what I think the, uh, the football fan needs at this point is that we are very focused. There's so much um, noise out there that we really want people that are covering things 24-7 and right, the best writers out there. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm a subscriber. Tell them, tell our listeners the, where, who you write for and how they can just find it and, and also subscribe like I do. Yeah, so it's just theathletic.com. Uh, it's a full pay site, so you've got to pay to read anything. But as you mentioned, all kinds of crazy good writers. I'm just trying to keep up with those guys. But for mm-hmm. Jags, it's just the NFL dropdown and you can scroll down a quick Jags. I think it's uh, just a few spots above where you click uh, to get your Panthers coverage as well. And then on Twitter, if anybody wants to follow me this week, I'm at Philip underscore Heilman, H-E-I-L-M-A-N. So between a lot of Heilman. Jags news and Jags Panthers stuff. <laughs> Spell that so, again real quick. Heilman. Uh, I know. I was saying yeah, pr- pronounce it. I was because I was saying I Heilman. Heilman. I got it. I got it. Uh, no, I'm going to put out a tweet. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for your time. It's very gracious of you. And uh, we're going to be following your work, man. Cool. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, enjoyed it and looking forward to doing it again sometime. All right, man. That's Philip Howman. Howman from The Athletic. Yeah. Go subscribe to The Athletic. I put out a tweet right now. You can actually subscribe to The Athletic through the tweet that I put out, and they will even give me an Amazon gift card. So if you are going to subscribe do that and also do what i also did and that is because i work at a college i use my edu email and uh i got the student discount (laughs) 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 all right that's a job perk yeah yeah you are listening to the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolinacatchronicles.com where every tuesday night we chop up the latest panthers news and opinions guys we've been talking about the jaguars i'm gonna eject i don't think philip can get out i think he's stuck
It's all right. We all sound like a bunch of supervillains just now, just so you know. When you mentioned that, like, <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Kind of like a bunch of supervillains. Um, we finally laid our plan out. Yes, exactly. You uh, you can be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-1598. And actually, I think that's where we should go next is go ahead and see where the Cat Calls takes us for the next like part it. of the show. So what are your uh, thoughts on catcalling? It. Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like... And a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, guys, this is, uh, the best in the game, though, this- Complainer in chief on WFNZ. But look, guys, I hear all this stuff on Twitter. I mean, this is after, way after the game. This is after the Saints won somehow against the Dallas Cowboys. But it is what it is. Uh, but, anyways, um, I think good. people on Twitter uh, talking about Kyle Allen with three fumbles and all this. Like, realistically, one fumble was his fault. The other two, the offensive line should have blocked when he's going through his progressions, and he was in the process of throwing the ball when the ball was yeah, knocked out on the last three fumbles. So people need to pump the brakes a little bit on that. We played a I really love how pump the brakes is such a big phrase. Uh, that's not phrase. Gonna happen every Sunday that he starts. Now, I don't think that the, pump the brakes. controversy, but if you keep <laughs> winning with him, there will be, okay? Uh, like, who thinks right now? that we would have won that game with Cam Newton because I don't right now because Cam Newton's on himself. He's playing at 235 pounds, man. He would have got murdered, okay, in that game. Period. He just would have. All right. So, Allen right now is way more accurate than Cam. So, the fact of the matter is people need to pump the brakes a little bit. All right. This is Alex. Pump the brakes. Drink. Third game. Okay. He's going to get better. All right. And we just need to keep going with the flow. People need to stop getting on Allen's butt so much, man. Stop getting on on him so much about fumbling three times. Right. Oh, last week we thought there was quarterback controversy. Whoever thought that is stupid. That was his second game in the NFL. There shouldn't be a quarterback controversy. But if we keep win- winning with Allen, there will be. That's my line. Let's see what he does against the Jaguars at home, at our house, okay, because they haven't even played at home yet. Let's just see what happens. All right, that's all I'm saying. All right, guys, keep pounding. Take it easy. Let's go. Uh, let me get it. Let me get it. Go ahead. Jump. Oh. So check it out. I agree with you. We don't need to jump on Allen. 100%. But let me tell you something. Had we lost this game and Allen fumbled those three balls, the, the you would be saying the exact opposite thing. I'm sorry. Everybody would. You know why? Because Cam Newton threw one interception in the first game, and everybody blamed him for how inaccurate he was. Not terrible he was, but he threw for more yards than Kyle Allen did in this game against a better defense. Winning changes everything, okay? The fact that he fumbled three times, yeah, maybe only one was his fault, but I, I promise you, had we lost that game, your narrative would be different. We would say that this is Kyle Allen's fault. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. He realistically didn't have that great of a game. Like I, mean, I am so on the other yard, side. For a touchdown. Like, I'm it, the it's all guy about that's... The game. I said that Kyle it. Allen was trash. That's what I said. People came after me. I don't think... I, I don't think you're right, though, Greg. No. I must say this is that because, yes, he did lose these three. Yes, he's supposed to fumble it when he gets <sighs> smashed like that. He That's exactly what he does. But at least he won the – somehow he did enough to where we won the game. Somehow those turnovers didn't manifest. I, I think this is I agree 
is that if we're talking about was his performance indicative that he is a sustainable option that you could plan around in the future, I'm saying no. I mean, I, nobody's going to plan around Matt Moore, right? But at the same time is that I am really excited that we have two wins and we had a backup quarterback. So here's a random stat that really isn't on anyone's side. Um, Kyle Allen has been sacked five times, and all five times he's fumbled the football. So that's not (laughs) – Well, all right, you're right. Well, that's the the great part about Cam is he can get blasted to the – see, here's the thing that people have forgotten. Because Cam has had the shoulder injury and because now he has the foot – they think that he has been injury prone. And while he has had injuries his entire time, my man kept getting up. That's the thing is that he would have taken that. And yeah, he would have fumbled one of five of those. That would have been the difference. Cam would have got blasted the same and it would have been one of five. Somehow he would have held on it the other way. But at the, all right, continue, Cody, because I do have a well, lot to say. About yeah, no, I just want to say real fast. I kind of made my opinions known about him already. Uh, you know, you're watching someone in his first year starting in the NFL, and you have to have reasonable, um, you know, reasonable expectations for what Kyle Allen's supposed to do. He yeah. missed a wide open read to Greg Olson across the middle of the field, and Greg was pissed off about it, and rightfully so. Greg was supposed to be the the primary read on that play, and he had enough time in the pocket to throw the football. But like I'm saying, and we still need to talk about the Cam Newton video, Kyle Allen doesn't have to be spectacular. He doesn't have to be some kind of superhero. All he has to do is move the ball down the field, do just enough to win us football games, rely on McCaffrey, rely on Greg Olson, let your receivers make plays yards after the catch, and we're good to go, man. We don't need Kyle Allen to be some starter you know, dream, wonder, undrafted player. We don't need him to be that. I have something very strong to say about this and that what we, it's it's almost like a generational comparison. So it's almost like comparing the, the 1990s to the 1950s. It's not really fair comparison to just say which one, this player out of this player. And what I'm trying to get to, I know this sounds strange, but I'm going to bring it all together here, is that if you put Kyle Allen on a team that Cam Newton inherited in 2011 that then grew into a Super Bowl team, it would have been untenable, right? Is that Cam Newton was this, like, what you needed. He was this special thing what you needed to rejuvenate a franchise and to carry it for nine years, to not put any talent around him, to not put any protection around him. And over the last two or three years, we realized that that time was ending. So we started to put talent around him. We started to put protection around him. And now Kyle Allen is inheriting a team that Cam Newton created. So it's not fair to compare either or. It's not an either or thing. Is this is Kyle Allen could never do what can't what we needed Cam Newton to do, but now that there are so many offensive weapons on this team, especially Christian McCaffrey, and then you have all those other names that you listed out in their performances, is that now this team like now you could have a game manager and the team be good. 
or be okay better than average you know you could if if this would have been a few years ago there's been impossible there just wasn't the weapons there even if you had the top defense in the league but that's my position yeah. on it that's my position all right let's keep going through with the calls oh, no, nope that's right. the video oh, oh no i just closed i got nervous i got so nervous and i just hit the x button what happened? <laughs> I closed everything and I was playing because I played that Falcons video. Look what Hold you on. did, Tony. Yeah. I know. Hold on. I, I think I saved <laughs> the playlist. Hopefully, I saved the playlist. No, but I mean, we can kind of stall for time a little bit. Anyway. Yes. Like, stall. Uh, Help me out, bro. You know, yeah. I mean, so listen, like, uh, you know, um, and, you know, me and Brother Herbert are talking in the in the chat room. You know, he, he's saying, you know, he, if he's been sacked five times and fumbled all five times. I mean, listen. That's not a good stat. No one's. It's not. That no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No one's saying that that's a good thing. Uh, that's not a good thing. He needs to have two hands on the ball, and he needs better pocket awareness. He needs to know when to step up into his throws and, and move away from the pressure coming around the edges. But that said, it's his third start in the NFL. I mean, you will never see another Patrick Mahomes year uh, in their first starting season ever again you know and i feel like that kind of messed up people's expectations Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying he's perfect he's made some boneheaded mistakes but how about this homeboy has not thrown an interception yet hadn't lost a game yet yeah hasn't lost hasn't thrown an interception well he did have three fumbles it's the same if you're gonna bash him for fumbles Okay. Then also give him credit for what he does well. And 70% completion rate. Dude. 70% completion rate in the last game. All right, I got the calls back up. Let's keep going. All right. Hey, Tony. Hey, Cody. This is Zach from Monroe, North Carolina. What's up, Zach? Uh, I just want to say I really like the game. Uh, Kyle played decent, and he's holding on to that ball. But um, I want to keep it simple since it's my first call ever. Um, Appreciate you know, thanks for calling the show. Paradise on uh, Sunday, and I thought he played really well. He had one crazy play. It was one of those sack fumbles, though. He had to go out and pass block J.J. Watt on the, on the, uh, out wide. So this dude, this man snapped the ball and did a awesome, amazing athletic play to get to J.J. Watt to, you know, help slow him down. He had a little bit of running back help. But still, he was able to manage to get that forced fumble. But I just want to know what you guys think about how Matt Paradis has played in the season and going forward, how he is it is he our, you know, our foundational center. And, uh, yeah, so, hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I love the, the uh, podcast, and I uh, hope you all have a great day. Appreciate it. Bye. Fan- fantastic call. Thank you for the call. Cody, take that, because I do have opinions on Paradis. Well, um, I'm, I'm actually interested to hear your opinion because the, right. I, i've actually seen um opinions go either way some people yeah. are kind of disappointed in him and feel like uh, you know for the the best center available in free agency he hasn't quite been that yet um and then you know like so my personal opinion is i haven't noticed him and i think the yeah. mantra, that's a good the, thing yeah in some ways the that's mantra, a good thing yeah. right the mantra with the offensive line is that if i don't notice you that means you're not getting your ass kicked. Yeah, same, way, it's like a free safety. I, I, I noticed Ryan Khalil last year. Right. I noticed someone I didn't yeah. want to be noticing him. So, yeah, I am not. Uh, I haven't looked at Matt Paradis um, as film enough to say definitively 
uh, if it's been good or bad, but I don't think there's been um, uh, a liability in any I think term my, phrase. I, I think my opinion is right, and that's what I'm going to go ahead and put for. I'm strong in this, and that is that the first to play that the caller was talking about, and thank you for your call and your support of the show, um, Paradis comes out like he pulls – Right, it's like a counter almost play where he's got to pull where the guard pulls, but the, he's a center pulling, and then the commentator goes and look at that guard pulling, and he's not gonna. And he said, "Good luck putting a guard up against J.J. Watt. Like a guard had no chance." I was like, "Hey, you know what's worse? Putting up a center against J.J. Watt." So he was making an athletic play, like the caller said, is that he just happened. I mean, he was out there doing his best. It was a complicated call, and putting J.J. Watt on him was probably not what they were hoping would happen that. For Paradis, I think my position is right on this, is that at first I expected so much because of that number one free agent tag. He, to me, was the prize fish, the one that you mount on the wall, the first one that we've ever had in free agency in forever. I think almost since going back to like Ken Lucas was a name like that. And he sucked. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Is that really, what was the last free agency pickup that was, that you were really exci- excited about? Yeah. He had trade. Yeah. Trade? And, okay. Let us free. Okay. But, but still is that, yeah. Is that that type of move is that paradise have felt like just made sense just top to bottom. And I wanted to be, I think I made him be better than he needed to be in my head in that first game. And what I'm excited about is that he's gotten better each game. He is not, you know, maybe I thought about him in week one, but guess what? I didn't think about him other than that one play. So I think Paradis is getting stronger. And I do think he's the right piece here. Give him a full season. And by the end of the season, I think you're going to see that he is a stalwart of that offensive lineman of that offensive line. I'm passing the mic. I, I you know I would like to say something before Cody hops in if that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say he is our MVP. Most wow. valuable pickup. Oh snap. Yeah, they uh <laughs> um clever. You know, clever. Honest, Gerald McCoy was a good one, don't get me wrong, but like you know, what you want to hear Gerald McCoy's name, right? You know, that's that's the thing. You know, like we talked about, like Cody mentioned, you don't want to hear your sinner's name. Right. You know, no, it, right. it's not and we haven't. They haven't said, you know, pretty much anything about him. Uh, you know, and, and, and as you know, Tony alluded to, he's just gotten better. And I think his communication and his understanding of what this offense needs from him with a back like Christian McCaffrey, he's never had to defend a back like that. He's never had to defend a, a quarterback like Cam Newton. You know, so I think all of these things are starting to kind of culminate to where he understands a little bit more about that. And so you're seeing that strength pick up a little bit. Um the one thing that I the, the one time I'll question this is I was watching the uh, Ron Rivera uh, talking about the offensive line. He was saying how great he was happy with uh, Matt Paradis's performance. He said Daryl Williams did a great job. At that mm. point in time, I yeah. lost faith in Matt Paradis. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. It's like you got put in the ugly crew right away. Yeah. Is that you got? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever think about them the same either. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. 53 people watching right now. It's shame time. I'm going to shame y'all. Though 29 people have smashed the thumbs up button. And here, to be honest, you know, that's how I got the athletic interview is I sent him a tweet yesterday. And then I sent him another tweet that said, hey, we're the number one. And I do claim the number one Panther podcast just based on my own Google searches. 
So it's not an official. <laughs> yeah, it is not an official thing. But I said, hey, we're the number one Panthers podcast, and up, uh, it's still open. If you don't want to respond, that's all right. <laughs> I said something like that is if you don't want if you want to ghost me, and then he responded right away. So guilt and shame works. Look, it already. Are we talking helped. about Joe Pearson? Did he never get back with you? No, we're gonna go. Don't worry, I got more guilt than shaming to do. He's got back with me, kinda. I sent him a Rocky GIF of Rocky chasing the chicken, saying, "Remember, guys. Remember, guys." Hey, Tony is Catholic. There's a lot more guilt to come. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> True oh my that. True that. All right. Uh, go ahead. Smash that thumbs up button. Be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Here's the next call. What's up, fellas? It's Kyle from VA. Uh, just to go back to my What's last up? call, I work at a jail. I was not in jail. So oh, okay. Just to make clear. Ah, that's um, the best. I didn't get to listen to the Be safe, brother. Uh, episode as it was happening. Um, but when I did listen to it, I just heard everybody complaining about Kyle Allen, three fumbles, and I get it. You can't do that. But at the same time, man, y'all not seeing this for what it is. He's a backup. Now it's his third NFL game. I mean, the kid is out there performing. Can we just be happy for him and happy for the team? I mean, when I when when I saw that play against Arizona where he threw it Thanks, pretty much at the DB's numbers, the back of his numbers, and DJ cut perfectly timed right there, caught it pretty much on the DB's ass, took for a touchdown. I mean, that's talent. That's confidence in your team that your guy is going to be there to make that play. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, the kid's got a strong arm. Uh, I it. it I mean, you're always going to have people that are always going to complain about something. But mm-hmm. can He's we right. be happy for the kids? Can we be yeah. happy for or the kids? Be, or be happy and that we're Panther and fans and we shot. just won two damn games? Now we're 2-2. Two and two. we got a clean yeah. slate. We're right there in the run for the division. Uh, let's just we're be happy control. that we're winning, man. And for the defense, like I said, like I told you all in the offseason, man, once this defense gets rolling, thought we had the potential to be a historically good defense, and we on pace to be that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Cody, I'm fully with you. Um, with we got to cut his touches down. Like if we're mm-hmm. winning, you got to put Jordan Scarlett in. Uh, if it's a close game, I like the situational yeah, yeah. Scarlett. Do his thing. Uh, but. If we're winning, there's no reason Jordan's calling shouldn't be out there getting reps. If we're winning by multiple possessions. Yeah, definitely. The only way he's going to get better. I mean, you got to put him in. We drafted him for a reason. Uh, McCaffrey's right now, to me, MVP. I don't even think there's a close second. I'm a little biased, obviously, but you look at the stats, man. The kid is a workhorse. He's a legend. Anyways, guys, can't wait to hear the episode. I want to ask a edgy, tough question, and I'm changing my name from Tony Dunn to Doni Tun, so I can my my, my that is my alias right now. Oh, that's terrible! What's the question? Doppelganger. All right, <laughs> here it goes. Is the question is this: Is that can we continue to talk about quarterbacks? Uh, and we saw Cam Newton come around, right? And that the people the narrative that they can't be they can't be they can't be he can't be 
And we all know it was just seethed and steeped because he was a black quarterback, right? You know, you hear, like, the ju- we knew that there's an element of that. Here's the radical question to it. As we, I actually was watching on YouTube today, the first episode, I'm behind. No one else watches it, I'm sure. Cobra Kai. <laughs> and it's mm. about the, you know, so I just watched the first episode today, and it was Did from you hear the, the from that? What's that? Uh, no, so here is that the the blonde hair guy that gets kicked in the face, Danny. Not I don't know whatever his name was. You know, it's from his perspective. My question is this: Is that can we draw the same stereotypes about the boyish, blondish, OC lookingish Kyle Allen, and that we think he can't be simply because he looks like he's from a well-to-do family? The opposite. To doism, it's not racism. It's to do. He looks like an average white kid. Yeah, so he cannot be. (laughs) Yeah, that's my thing. Is he looks like his parents have a tennis club membership. He looks like he looks like Jimmy Clausen, but not like he had been hit like a by a train in his head. Jimmy Clausen. He has the body of someone that has an office job. Yes. Yes. Are we? Is it to doism? I, I would say Christian McCaffrey is breaking that stereotype. All right. Yeah, but Christian McCaffrey. Well, yeah, but he looks great. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks fantastic. Not this year, but he wasn't like he wasn't an, a little mini Hulk before this year. You know, like he's he, always he, been. He's like, always been at least shredded. Yeah. Put it this way: I've never had McCaffrey's body. I don't know if any of us. Like you can walk past. You can walk past Kyle Allen at the grocery store and offer to help him with his bags, not because <laughs> he was a star, but because he needed help with his bags. Yeah. How about, how about this? I, I, bet, I bet one of the three of you could probably beat him in an arm wrestling fight. <laughs> Shut up! No, uh, that is a lie. That's a lie. All right, next call. Here we go. We'll talk about one thing before we go on. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. I agree with the the aspect of of Kyle Allen and everybody kind of jumping off of that train. I think it made us realize we want Cam Newton back uh, more than we realized after his game in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't care how he those three fumbles went. The fact that he made that play against JJ Watt at the oh, end erased yeah. everything. Right. Yeah, he, he, erased he, everything. He didn't take it out of the game. Take himself out of the game. I agree with you. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that was, is, how that can was you be upset? As, and that is, is I'm a super Cam Newton fan. Every one of us here is, right? We I dress like him. I'm gonna dress like him when we go to the games. Okay, don't you worry. But the the thing mm-hmm. is, is this why? Like the caller said, is that why can't we be? No one thought that if Cam Newton was out there, we would be better at this point. No, right? We well, we won two games in a row. This kid, what he has done is far beyond what anybody expected him to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that if you just hired, if you're, if somebody was sick and you had to hire a temp and you just expected typical, typical temp work, he exceeded typical temp work. Yeah. You know I mean? And like, God bless kid. And he looks like a child out there doing it. I'm scared that Gardner Minshew is going to make him quake in his boots personally. No, 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 no. He's gonna That's see that stash, and he's gonna be—he's gonna, gonna feel insecure. Gardner Minshew is going. 
he is going to hit a he's going to hit a brick wall. I mean, I, mm. I forgive me, you know, I just I cannot sit there and look at his performance over the past three games and say that he is going to come in against the number one rated pass defense in the NFL and actually do anything beyond what he's able to do. And and they're going to say, well, you know, if they can get the run game opened up, the only thing that they have against this defense is going to be Leonard Fournette. And you don't think they're going to have Shaq Thompson and, and Luke Kuechly on him? I mean, huh? come on now. This is going to be a come to Jesus moment for Gardner Minshew. And would I don't you think rather have play. Would you rather have Kyle Allen or Gardner Minshew as your quarterback? I think they're the same guy. I yeah. I mean, I I think Duh, that, no way. I have you looked have... at them? Tony, Tony is so taken by the mustache that he has a on, dude. Tony dude, has a crush on Gardner Minshew, uh, and he's not telling us about uh, it. I, you're you're right. Mustache, you're so man. right. Yeah. You're so right. I'm sorry. It was funny. You know it's funny. You know it's funny. All right, we got to move on. Next call. Panthers podcast. How y'all doing? What's G- up, G? Hey, man, before I go on talking about the Carolina Panthers, Cody. That game, Clemson, and my damn Tar Heels, man. What a damn game. Yeah, man. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Don't worry. Oh, shit. Sorry. That was me. Wrong keyboard. What's up, fellas? Wrong. This is here, man. Hey, Tony. Hey, Cody. No, I I deleted it. How do you do that? Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. I was trying to push the. I have two keyboards. I have two keyboards, and I always interchange them by accident. Oh, oh my gosh. Man, Tony dude. needs to be taken off the paddles. I'm telling you. You're right. I suck. Tony's gosh. All right. Well, talk. talk here. O- Have we heard o- this call yet? What's up, o- You had one job. job. I know. Oh, that's him. Go back to my last call. No. Nice. I work at a jail. No, we heard that already. No, we heard so. that one. Hey, Tony. Hey, Cody. This is we Zach. heard this one, right? Heard that one. Oh, God. Ugh. Well, I, I, anyway, man, let me talk Carry about. It, uh, is, is it, do you have it? Yeah, I will once you talk for a second. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not worried about my tigers. My tigers always start slow, and that's not me making an excuse for them. Uh, the Tar Heels played their ass off. I, sure I mean, listen, I, I, I take no credit away from the Tar Heels. I think the Tar Heels are going to get better. I think Matt Brown is kind of just what the doctor ordered. For the Tar Heels, and yeah, man, if you're a UNC fan, kudos. Uh, I mean, if it right. wasn't for, I mean, if they made a better call at the end, then maybe they would have won that game. But I'm not worried about my Tigers. We're going back to the playoffs. We're gonna win another championship. I don't care what none of y'all say. Here, here is the call. Take the paddles, as CK says. Panthers podcast. How y'all doing? This is G Cavazia. Hey, man. Before I go on talking about the Carolina Panthers, Cody. That game, Clemson and my damn Tar Heels, man. What a damn game, man. Y'all got yes, lucky. Kick the extra point Y'all like I said on Twitter, man. There's no way in hell I would try to go for a two-point conversion against the reigning defending Agreed. champions. It was a great Not call. that defense comes yeah. ass, but, hey, good win, man. Good win. Now, to the Appreciate Panthers, it, I know y'all probably didn't have seen it. Kawan Short is on IR, man. Oh, KK is yeah. on IR. Oh, I was like, damn it, man. There's always an injury bug that comes. It was like that when we had Dan Morgan, you know, constantly IR. If it wasn't him, it was Hurt, Chris yeah. Jenkins, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, Vernon Butler and my dog, Kyle Love, man crush. I told you, Kyle Love is my dog, man. 
I think they can make <laughs> things work, man. So uh, hopefully we can beat these Jacksonville Jaguars, which I really think we can do. Because the new name of the defensive line is the Sack Street Boys. I heard that on Panthers.com. I like man. that. Sack Street yeah. Boys. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good group. It's a good name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But hey, always remember, y'all, keep pounding. Keep pounding, yes, sir. Keep pounding. Um. So I kind of alluded to this earlier, Greg and CK. Um. Our defense has put up 14 sacks in the last two games without K1 Short. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, of course, I wish KK was there. That was such a big part of our defensive line for so many years. But listen, and this is going to sound laughable, but this is where a guy like Vernon Butler oh, decides uh, to shut us up uh, and shut us up yeah. and, and, and prove to us that 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 he's not a bust. I mean, listen, you make the most of your opportunities, and and that's what you have to do. Uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Love is every bit the veteran at this point uh, as any other defensive tackle yeah. on the on the football team. So I'm not too worried about Kwan Short going to IR, but um, I don't know. It's time for other people to step up and uh, play their role. Uh, you, know who they, you know who they signed uh, off the practice squad, right? Uh, yeah, Brian Cox Jr., right? Nice. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think we need to get him back into, into yeah. the swing of things. He, he did a pretty – uh, stand-up job for us when he uh, came in last year. So I'm just, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not as as concerned based on the fact of our performance, you know, over the past two weeks without KK. So I'm right. disappointed. I'm, I'm a saddened. I'm not excited by it. But now it's time for Joe McCoy to earn that money. Well, yeah. you know, the he thing better is start too, eating like right said, now. I'm, I'm impressed with with the 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 performance over the last two weeks. But I mean, if you don't come away with six sacks at least in the last two weeks, you have problems in your offensive line. This is the worst two teams in the NFL as far as offensive line goes. Like you should come away with that. So I want to see them against a formidable offensive line. Fantastic point. That's a, a fantastic point. I heard. So uh, who is the next formidable offensive line on our roster? None of us believe that is Jacksonville, do we? I don't think I mean, it's Jacksonville. But do we we play Indianapolis? They have a pretty good one. So yeah, our next, we didn't get a lot. Of, did we get a lot? Of, we didn't get any sacks against Tampa, did we? Our, our next four. No, are, no, no are, in the first two games. Jacksonville, then Tampa, then Abide, then San Fran, then Tennessee, and I would say the best offensive line there probably San Francisco. They're yeah, undefeated. No yeah, there's there's no good ones. Mm. So we have no reason to not. We better keep boys. eating. You're right? Yeah. Can I You're still? Right. I'll still raise a concern. I'm still happy with this pass yeah. rush, but the concern that I still have is the majority of our sacks are coverage sacks. It's not our pass rush is not necessarily getting there. It's that the quarterbacks it are holding on to the balls way yeah. longer than they should. And yeah. so it's once we get to a position where we're playing a quarterback who realizes getting the ball out against this pass rush is the way to handle it. If our if our secondary can't stand up, our pass rush is gone. So, uh, okay. I'm, I'm the only see, reason but... I disagree with that, CK, is that I, when I look at them, I, I understand what you're saying is these sacks are not like coming and you're just getting directly to them, right? Mm-hmm. And and that is somewhat seems like it should be a coverage sack. But what I do feel like is that the pocket seems to break down pretty quickly. They might not get to them, but the the pocket is closing quickly. And then on top of that is it almost seems like is it's a combination of both. 
is yeah. I don't feel like their quarterbacks are just sitting back there and dancing and looking at like going through their reads and they can't find anything. I feel like they look up at their first read and then they're already getting nervous. And then, you know, so it's like, yeah, it is. It's not, I don't think it's just a true coverage sack. So I do think we're a little bit, it's kind of in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Is I think it is not, in the middle. Not, yeah. You, you, you bring in a, but the problem is you went against two quarterbacks, one who's been running for his life since he came into the league and Deshaun Watson and another one that's just inexperienced in Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have them running around and being nervous and not knowing what to do next. You bring in a Drew Brees. You bring in, see what Jameis Winston did. I'm not saying that that game was a tremendous game for him, but he didn't make the stupidest decisions that we've seen him be able to make. And, you know, our pass rush wasn't getting home on that on, on against that offensive line. So I just I, – I think that, yes, if we can play somebody and get them flustered, problem is when you play a veteran QB getting them flustered hard yeah let's move on and quick let's talk about this and one something that I wanted to actually open the show with that we didn't get a chance to talk about and that is the NFC South Mm -hmm. you know it started as a started out as a laughing stock of the NFL and it might not be much better to be honest is that the Saints keeping their lead what are they three and one at this point Three and one. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Tampa is starting to surge. They beat us. They go and make a, a really a game that's going to catch a lot of headlines, putting them up over 50, 50 or fifty something. Fifty five points. points. Yeah, fifty five points against the L A Rams. And this is so Tampa, right? I I feel like this is the only team I understand in the NFL is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As I said on the radio uh, right before they played the Giants that it's a home game for Tampa. The Giants, they should win it, and they'll probably lose it. (coughs) Just like on the road versus the Rams where they should get trounced. They, you know, they will do something like this. So Tampa's surging at 2-2. and Um, New Orleans is relentless. They will not give up even if Drew Brees is gone. It don't matter what. Somehow they win. And the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, brother, are of a debacle. So where 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 are you guys at when it comes to the NFC South? And let me see, is this actually here? This is where I'm at. What you do? Hey, tighten up! Are you tighten up? Hey, you should explain the video. Okay, all right, all right. So here, this is. What we're about to do is play the audio from a video. Actually, you explain. I don't even know. This is my first time yeah, watching so it. As, video, yeah. as the yeah, the the Falcons lost and they're going into the into the tunnel back into the locker room, and there's a fan outside as the Falcons are going by, and this dude is lighting the Falcons. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm even calling yep. them by names as they walk by them. So. That's what's happening as you're listening to this. All right, here he goes. Tighten up. Oh, you tighten up. Hey, Harris. You, you, man, hey, man, all oh, y'all tighten up. What y'all doing out there? Sean, we might need you. Man, playing like some doo-doo. Hey, y'all tighten up, man. Straight up. It's the fourth game. Sanu, hey, Mr. Consistent, I see you, big dog. Hey, Sanu to be real. Hey, Matt, tighten up, homie. Hey, I need y'all to get in the game. Get your ass in the game. 
Come and look at back at me. I'll come back at hey. I'll tackle you. I'll show you how to tackle. Tighten up. Let's I'll show you how to tackle. Brady. Brady, we need you out there, big dog. Hey. Brady, be the dog. Who the hell? Who the hell? Hey, you a dog, Julio. I love you. I suck your dick, Julio. That's what he was about to say. Hey, tack. Hey, cheerleaders. Get back that tack. Get back that time! Damn! What the hell y'all doing? What the hell? Hey! Y'all Cheerleaders are laughing at him. Cheer on! Hey, straight up! Cheer on! I appreciate y'all been doing. Y'all been shaking the hell out of them pom-poms. <laughs> 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 Alright. So here, oh very gosh. simple simple explanation about this is there's been another thing that came out with the Atlanta Falcons this past week with that shirt their defense had. And it was like stick together, stand together. And it was these three arms in a triangle holding each other. And it looked like someone's kid that couldn't draw drew it. And they it was a terrible drawing. It was everything. Like they don't even got good t-shirts. Their fans <laughs> dogged them harder than we do. That guy could be on our show when we're trying to talk shit about his team. And do a better yeah, job I'm, I'm about it than we hard. could. We need to find that. We need to find that dude and and have him on yeah. and just let right. him roast the Falcons for us. Yeah, what's up, Greg? No, no, I was gonna say, Cody, you got this, man. You found the video. You good to go? Hey, yeah. r- real quick though, you know what sucks is as this all goes on, everybody still talks about Matt Ryan as an elite quarterback in the NFL. He has he has I Calvin know. Ridley and, and and Julio Jones and he's thrown like ten or eleven picks already in four games this year and he's still an elite quarterback, but Cam Newton is not. Like it can blows y'all, my mind the bias in the in, in this. Can y'all smarter people than me who are more internet savvy than I? Is that Matt Ryan cross dressing picture? Is it like somebody just photoshopped so him on I've that shit? Like what? I, I just don't. Photoshop. Okay. I've been told it's a Photoshop. But we believe in, it's real. In my in, in my heart. That's <laughs> a real fucking picture, boy. Looks pretty real that's to a me. Real ass yeah. picture. I don't care what you tell me. Matt <laughs> Ryan wears bras underneath his fucking chest pad. <laughs> uh, at least you know what? You and look good. You know it's not Photoshop, it's twenty eight three scoreboard with three minutes left in the third oh, quarter. Definitely yeah. not, Photoshop. not Photoshop. All right. Yeah. So who's what yeah. is where where is the NFC South? Can we understand it yet? It's wide um, open, man. Definitely wide open. Um, wide I'll open. go last on this one. I want to hear everyone else's opinion. CK, start us off. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I think that Tampa Bay could be a scary contender if uh, if they get rolling. Um, their defense has played very well and very consistent. Um, if they can establish a uh, consistent run game, which they've started to do a little bit, then I, I think it's it's all bets off the table. I, I almost would say they're going to be the team to beat, depending upon if the Saints can, you know, uh, digress or you know, uh, go backwards a little bit. Um, I I still think it's Saints all day, but uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are starting to kind of wear on me and i hate to say that because like it's almost embarrassing to feel like the tampa bay bucks are about to be the 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 winners of the division but man i i, I could see a situation where they they run the table oh run the table 
I was gonna go last. I might have did to he jump in on did that he, did I, he, I was, I, I, Where'd I he go? Is that yeah, it? Well, was that the last word? Run the table. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dang. Look, he dropped the, the mic. He is, said, "Run the table and drop the mic." And I thought he. <laughs> I thought he disappeared. Look. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to run the table. I think Tampa Bay is going to end up a nine or seven, nine and seven. Are they going to beat us? Probably. Are they going to beat us, CK? They did already. I mean, oh. we'll see, man. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. They beat well, us with a bad play calling. I agree, but you got to also keep in. Well, I, I wouldn't say bad play calling. There were a lot of open receivers. We just weren't able to hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you Cam know, Newton it, was awful. Cam Newton was until, awful. Until we see, a, you got to remember, we lost to the Rams. With a hobble, Cam Newton. Don't get me wrong, um, they decimated the Rams. And don't get that number that that forty to fifty five twisted. That was a much bigger loss. There just happened to be a um, a Peters pickoff that happened to go to the house. Had that not happened, that would have been a much different story. Oh, yeah. um, they dominated you know, that game. They dominated yeah. from beginning to finish. Now everybody's going to point to the the Giants, and I was so I was like, oh yes, the Tampa Bay's back. You know, but. The truth of the matter is, is they have Arians back there. Arians is a proven coach. He has had a lot of success in the NFL. Um, he knows how to get quarterbacks. He knows how to coach quarterbacks. And Jameis has always had the tools. He's just never had the supporting cast as far as coaching to help him make the right choices. And I think now you have Arians back there. There's almost a scary feeling that if Jameis can put it together, there's a there's a question mark about what we're dealing with with the NFC South from them. Yeah. Well, I, I just I just want to say real quick, uh, I, kind of the uh, I'm the in between role tonight. Um, I'm I'm more worried about Tampa than I have been in some years for that reason that you just said. Bruce Arians is a quarterback coach. Anti um, his, yeah, and Bowles. Bowles yeah, is the easily, yeah, those two are the, easily the best offensive and defensive coaches that Tampa Bay's had in a while. Um, but that said, I want to see it before I believe it. Right now, I still think this division uh, either belongs to Carolina or New Orleans. I'm not going to go on a limb and say that Tampa Bay is going to sustain that momentum. Um, I haven't seen that yet, but there are – they're a potent football team right now. They're able to they're able to push the push the ball down down the field. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just want to say I I think that the Bucks are capable of winning ten games this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, very possibly ten games. Winston's not a terrible quarterback. He's got a great group of receivers to throw to. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but I really do feel like in this division, the first one to win eleven games is going to win the division this year. Uh, it's just because I don't think there's very many strong teams. Atlanta's kind of dropped off. They may go on like a six or seven game win streak, and we'll see what happens. But Matt Ryan is showing he is what he is. He's going to throw for 300 yards a game and three touchdowns, but he's also going to have a fumble and two picks in a game. In the red zone. Uh, you know, I, I think that it it irritates me hearing about people talk about New Orleans, and I think they only talk about New Orleans because of Drew Brees. Because if you remember before they got They Michael can't Thomas lose right Alvin now, Mara, they won't lose. They, they they went seven and nine three years in a row, and nobody talks about that. Like they're they're not a great team, and they're in line to go about seven and nine this year. Um, they won't. The, they the, don't lose, man. They don't lose. No? They've lost one game with, and they lost their starting quarterback. My my wow, brother man. my brother is a diehard Saints fan. He's born and raised in Louisiana. 
So, you know, him and I talk about this. And one of the things that I tell him is, man, it's hard to do it three years in a row. And especially after the heartbreaking losses that they've had in the playoffs. Yeah, and then and now you're talking about injuries to your uh, to Drew Brees' thumb on his right hand on his throwing hand, and he's 41. Yeah, it's hard to do that again, man. And Drew Brees is not getting any younger. And guess what? Our defensive line is getting younger. It's a lot younger now. It's a lot more dynamic. Our defensive backfield is more dynamic. It's hard to do that over and over. You have to capitalize on the opportunities when you have them and mm-hmm. the saints didn't do that and i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna do it again for a third year you're you're listening to the c3 panthers podcast we bring you the latest panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective every tuesday night 9 p.m in a few minutes we're gonna go to rafael esperanza from mybookie.ag so stick around for that uh let's go ahead guys and now go move on to our picks when it comes to uh, the NFC South, that's how we like to do it because just picking our game each week is just us picking ourselves. Uh, right now, I think, all right, so we got the Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously coming to Carolina. Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to just mark myself down as a homer. There's no reason to pick against my team right now. We're on a two-game win streak. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on a two-game win streak. This is a coin flip type of a game if you're a gambler. I'm not a gambler, so don't listen to me on that. I'm a homer. And uh, right now, I'm okay with the boyish looks of Kyle Allen and the steely reserve of this defense right there. Carolina keeps pounding in there and honors guys like Steve Smith. Jordan Grossman pulls out a gritty win. I think it will be a low-scoring game. I think the Panthers win like something like 20-17. to 17. Tony, don't lie. You're a casual fan, man. You're right. It's been proven. You're, you're a casual fan. What That's a casual, it. dude. You're right. What you're right. a casual. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, can you give the uh, – what's the score right now as far as rankings for the year ago? I no, haven't I'm counted them up. But... I haven't counted them up. Cody's okay. in the so, lead. You, Cody's you, in the lead. Let's just go ahead and put it that way. Cody's in the I'm lead. I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, wait, I'm, just, I'm like crawling at you. I'm like trying to take it away from you each week. I'm in the lead. You said I'm in the lead? You got to be. Like you've, you you've made be. good picks yeah. each week, and we haven't. <laughs> All right. Well, let me do it again, dude. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say uh, that my Panthers are going to win 27 to 20. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the matchup. Um Here's a casual fan question. Are we at home? Yeah, you're, you're going. Yeah, we're at home. Yeah, so, yeah we're uh, coming to your house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're going to – yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying Carolina, 27-20. I'm confident. Okay. All right, uh, Greg. I, I got to agree with all y'all. I'm going to go Carolina, and I'm going to go 24-21. Carolina. All right. C- we'll CK. This one out. I think, I think that uh, we're going to save the end bar kicker. So. CK? I, uh, I'm, I'm – gonna be cautiously optimistic and say i'm gonna do a bold prediction on mine too but i'm gonna say the panthers win and i think we hold them to 10 points Ooh, um, i like it you got like you, you guys got to remember we held the texans who have one of the more explosive offenses to 10 points yeah true yeah. we don't have an explosive offense coming ck to town, you know is, ck but, is a genius so yeah. so 10, 10 points, and I think we score 28, not because our offense. I think we got two defensive scores. 
Oh, okay. CK wow. and I are gonna be going ballistic wow, okay. in the scan stands when that happens. I love it. Is that love that. defense or defense special teams? Um, a defense special teams because that's okay. gonna count okay. both for my my. Ray, 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 Ray. Yes, sir. All right. So next up on the list is Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New Orleans Saints. The Saints are a three point favorite. They never lose. Do the do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stun? How can the Saints keep winning right now? I mean, they're good. I mean, they're that dang good on both sides. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they they played the Cowboys. They played the Cowboys. They played the Rams. They played the Cowboys and the Rams. They played good teams. But they lost to the Rams. Rams Barely beat us. Cowboys. They beat Seattle. They beat Seattle in Seattle. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Saints. I can't do it. Uh, what is 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 the Saints against Tampa? Yeah, um, who's at home? And it's going to be uh, thirty-one. The, the Saints are at home. It's going to be thirty-one to twenty-eight Saints. That's what I'm saying. I'm right. going to say, I'm going to say, thirty-five, twenty-four, Tampa Bay, baby. Look at the guy. He's got big nads. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Greg. What you got? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 17-14 Saints. Oh, I like that. That's a good score. Right it's, there. it's gonna All be right. the opposite of the last week. 17-14 Saints. Well, yeah, Let's low scoring about... game against uh, the Cowboys. Let's Always bet the though. under. Always bet the under on Saints Cowboys. Every year it's a snoozer. Yeah, you guys got to remember last week against the Cowboys defense, which I would almost equate to the Tampa Bay defense, maybe even not as good. They held them to four field goals, and that was twelve points. So I think it's fair to say that the Saints could very well be underperforming here and go under twenty points. And I could see a situation where Teddy Bridgewater uh, is flustered by Shaq Barrett and oh, that God. defensive line, and he throws okay. uh, more interceptions than. Jameis Winston does. So yeah. I'm going to so say 14 28 Tampa Bay. That's, oh, we, man. On the same page. I, I do just want to say that's kind of my thought is that I think Tampa Bay, I think their offense, like, uh, I think that's their strong side of the football. And Jameis Winston did have, like, a career performance against right. Los Angeles. And everyone knows whenever you go into the Superdome, everyone's throwing for 300, 400 yards. It's one of those kinds of places. Uh, I think Jameis and, um, and uh, Arians pull off another upset. All right, so here, just to put this in perspective, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus Panthers is a 41 over under, right? The Tampa I'm Bay Buccaneers is uh, New well, Orleans Saints. No, I'm, uh, you know what? Is I think I was starting to get convinced by... Oh, CK had 28-10, so that was four. That's still under. I'm taking the under in the Panthers game is if I was going to do it, but I don't bet. So it doesn't matter. And then I on said 35, right. 24. Right. Yeah. That's the over for Cody. And then for the Tampa Bay game, the over under is 47. I'm still taking I'm the under. I'm taking that. the unders on all of these games. The mm-hmm. last one is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Houston Texans. Very similar to the game of last week, except for the Falcons are trending down. The Panthers we're, re- we're getting their legs. Uh, it's a five-point spread favorite for Houston. We were four at one point, and then it, and then we were four. I think I swear we were four to start, and then it flipped to six for Arizona. 
But the over-under is 48. Atlanta Falcons are are the dogs here. So you got Falcons at Texans. Do the Texans bounce back? I hate the Falcons because I hate the Falcons, number one. Number two, they're going to lose every game that they should lose that they like they never they're just ridiculous like how they they lose to the shittiest teams and then they play us and then they're spoilers and and the definition of spoilers yeah all right so i'm picking you know fuck them fuck the atlanta falcons (laughs) i'm taking the houston texans and i'm the houston texans gonna blow out the atlanta falcons it's gonna be 35 to 10 so i'm taking the damn over nope Still on the under. Yep. 35-10, Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson so pissed about last week. Single-handedly murders Matt Ryan. (laughs) And the entire Atlanta defense. Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of on the same track. I think Deshaun and DeAndre bounce back, have a big game. Um, I'm going to go 27-12, Houston. Wow. Okay. Okay. Twelve? How do you even uh, get twelve? Only field goals? <laughs> hey man, hey, some 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 dumb shit could always happen. All right, yeah. what you got, yeah. uh, Greg? I'm gonna go uh, Texans, and I'm gonna go thirty-five twenty-four Texans. Yeah, I think that's right. good. that's a good score right there. It's gonna be these teams like to, the Falcons always like to put up points, even though they always like to lose. Right. Um, CK, what you got? As much as I hate to say it, I think the Falcons may come back on this, and they have a lot to prove. And I think if they, you've don't been do well, Mister Contrarian all night. I know. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I love I'm, it. I'm, I love it, man. I'm fine with it. Hey, he's trying to win. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I'm betting against the odds here because I think I'm a little behind here. Um, but I think I think the the Falcons. I don't think it's a dominant win, and I don't think it's enough to turn people around on the season that the Falcons are having. But I just uh, I think that offensive line of the of the Texans and and the fact that uh, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, he's so inconsistent. I think the the Falcons can can pull this out. Um, I'm gonna say uh, 28-21 Falcons. Oh, all yeah. right. Okay. That, I, I mean, it. all of these. You know what I love about this is I can see each one of these games happening. Nice. You know, yeah, like you right. can you yeah. can visualize every score. Mm-hmm. And and that means that just means there's an infinite of possibilities. That's why we love football. That's why we love football. Yeah. If this was to ha- oh, here's the best question here. Everybody across the board picked the Panthers, right? Oh, surprise here, homerism, right? So the Panthers would move to what three and two? Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say the last two weeks in a row, I did not pick the Panthers. Me neither. So, yeah, I was not on the show. Well, I had to leave early, but I texted you my picks before the game. That's because you I ran and hid like a biatch. I, I, shut the hell up. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then I texted you my picks, but this week I'm going back on track. I'm calling it like I see it. But, yeah, so don't call me a homer. All right, so the Saints – all right, listen to this, is that we all have the Panthers advancing to three and two. I have the Saints advancing to four and one. Cody has them falling to three and two. Greg has them advancing to four and one, and CK has them falling to three and two. Continue, uh, continuing on that, I have um, the Texans advancing over who? Who's that? The Texans are playing. 
Falcons. 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 Yeah. So who are we missing in here? Where's my Tampa Bay pick? I pick. They play. They play Tampa the Bay and New Orleans. They play yeah. the Saints. All right. So good. I don't have to have one less game. All right. So then I'm picking. This is that they would fall. What's their record right now? Two and two. Um, Dude, Tampa Bay. The Saints. No, no. What is Falcons' record? One and one and one, one, one and three. Two. So I'm thinking they fall to one and four. Cody thinks that they advance to two and what? What would that be? Two, two and two. And three. Yeah. Two and three, right? And yep. then Greg says that they fall to one and four. And then yeah. CK says that they advance to two and three. So at the end of the week, then, if that's the case, I'm saying the Saints continue the lead. Everybody else is really saying that the Panthers, Greg's saying this. Greg and I are saying that the the Panthers will be a game back. But if Cody and CK are right, we are tied for the lead. Huh. Yeah. How, how you like that, Matt? Yeah. It was very I mean, confusing. Hey, we're, we're, we're tied for the lead with Tampa Bay, and they yeah, have we'll tied right. so We're not really tied for the lead. We're, we're still one yeah, game. They were oh, I have them losing, though. I've got them losing. But the only we're talking about oh, if is they, they were, they yeah, right. Yeah, we're talking about win, their we picks, have the yeah. same record, but right, yeah, but, okay. but, they have the but we're, in, uh, yeah, all right. I'd like to welcome Rafael Esparza, the headline maker for mybookie.ag, your place to go bet, play, get paid. Thanks for having me. Crazy things going on, like uh, the Bucks going in there and upsetting the Rams. Uh, that that brings it. That's wild and. And, you know, I thought that line was forgiving for the Panthers or for, for betters last week at four. Uh, so you never know. That's why they got to play the games, right? Yeah, I mean, that one, that was probably one of the bigger helpers that we needed as the Panthers came out and squeaked out a victory. The public was all over Houston, opened up like around three and a half, four. Tons of parlays and teasers came in at Texans that closed around five, five and a half. So that was a big win for us. So uh, back in the offices, we were all Carolina Panther fans with you guys last weekend. <laughs> That's uh, I guess that makes sense. You guys are rooting against us. We're rooting against you. Um, what news? <laughs> what news coming out of last week has the greatest impact uh, uh, impact on the lines this week? I think, I mean, it's just the success that your quarterback, Allen, is doing. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, now, I mean, talk about a great headline between Allen and you got Minchu, who was Jacksonville's quarterback. Talk about two quarterbacks that if you would have told me we would have saw these two quarterbacks play uh, as starters, I would have said that's probably a million to one. But here we go. So I can't, I can't wait to watch this game. And I think Carolina, that defense, what they did last week to Houston, only giving up 10 points, and I know they gave up 20 points to Arizona two weeks ago, but that defense was still all over the field, and it was a road game, back-to-back wins on a road. Now you come home, high-fiving your chest up. I think it might be a very long evening for Jacksonville on the Sunday. Well, you know, the Panthers' defense has been is number one in the league in the past, stop in the pass. So that's a big deal for us. And and the defense did take some bad news with the KK Short um, going on IR today. But we've got a lot of horses in the stable. Um, well, there's some big lines this week, Rafael. There, I mean, I saw the 16s, 14, and then there's some real tight ones too. You know, how do you bet? How do you navigate that as a better? I mean, we just pray that Washington shows up, Miami shows up, and the betters. I mean, luckily the betters last week took Miami uh, plus the points against uh, the Chargers, so we got in that one. But, wow, you think New England's going to lay back-to-back eggs, uh, especially on offense? Uh, I think they beat Washington because that's embarrassing. But for the closer ones, like the Ravens, Steelers, 
get Pittsburgh winning that big game uh, last night on Monday night. We try to control that game, try to not get uh, outrageous. Houston, Atlanta, I mean, everyone's just downplaying Atlanta. So we need to keep an eye on, on games like that because right now the public would be all over Houston just because, let's face it, the Atlanta Falcons are probably – one of the most disappointing teams besides the Chargers uh, right now in the league. So I can guarantee you we're, we're, we'll all be uh, Atlanta Falcon fans on Sunday because the public will push that Houston game probably up to a solid six by kickoff. What, are, what is the prop bet on Dan Quinn having a job um, by week eight? <laughs> if you were going to set that line, what would be the prop bet on Dan Quinn if you were going to set it right now? How would you even go about it? I would say no would be probably minus five dollars because the NFL they rarely fire head coaches. It's not like the NBA or baseball where they where you just start off slow and they fire you in between season. The NFL that's why Black Monday NFL is so popular because by by Monday like by twelve oh one Monday morning we could see Quinn out, we could see uh, Washington's head coach out. I mean your boy save is getting his butt save of uh, of Allen winning games because Rivera was probably threatened to be. Uh, maybe gone if they didn't win some of these games. So, yeah, in the NFL, it's just so hard to predict that if they're going to fire in the middle of the season. How do you bet the Vikings? You know, you look at that game, it's the Bears' defense. Is it the Bears' defense, which we know is just a, a crazy in the front? But Cousins, you know, you hear the comments from Thielen about how they have to be able to go over the top. How do you bet the Vikings, given there? I mean, it's so hard to forecast them. You bet them when they're at home, and you try to fade them on the road because I think that's their road troubles. And, and New York Giants' defense is not bad, so they're going to put pressure. I'm a little shocked on how high that number is, Vikings minus six. I don't think they deserve a minus six on a road favorite against anybody in this league. But let's face it, they played the Chicago Bears. That Bears' defense reminds me so much of the Baltimore Ravens' defense when they won the Super Bowl. And you know what's a Super Bowl ring? Trent Dilfer. Can you see maybe – uh, uh, Chabinski or the backup quarterback or the third string quarterback bringing a Super Bowl for the Bears because if they go make it to the playoffs, it's going to be on their defense, not their offense. Their their offense looked better with Chase Daniel at the helm, that's for sure. Now, uh, last question about the league, and then we'll turn to the South very quickly. Is Dallas the same as always? Are they real, or how do they get how do they get snubbed like that on the road? I mean, I thought they were going to make quick and easy work of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, me too. I was I had to eat a lot of crow last week because I said the Cowboys and the Indianapolis Colts had the best offensive line, and both of them couldn't run the ball last week. So I'm full eating crow these last couple of days. I was a little bit blown away on how well uh, the Saints' defense just shut down Zeke and that offense. Uh, I think they bounced back uh, at home against the Packers, but boy, they just laid it. That was a bad loss for the Cowboys right there. They had the Saints at home, no Drew Brees. There was the Saints were banged up on offense, we, even without Drew, Drew Brees. They should have they should have won that game. They're going to kick themselves all season long about that. We should always take the under in Saints Dallas. It seems like every time they go play, they never put up any points. All right, uh, moving to the NFC South, Panthers are three and a half favorites um, facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been saying this each and every, or for the last few days is that against Houston, our defensive line needed to win. Against Jacksonville, our offensive line needed to win. Where do you see this game on Sunday? Is this line going to pr- stay pretty steady, you think? I think if it does move, it moves up a half a point to four, but I totally agree with you. That offensive line of the Carolina Panthers needs to win that game. I, I, I'm not saying that the defense doesn't have to take a vacation day, but right. I think the, uh, the Carolina Panthers will be able to score out of Jacksonville Jaguars' defense, and that's what they need. They need to run the ball early, give Allen some pressure off his back, and, and I think they'll be able to control it. I would not be shocked if the betting public pushes this one up to four. Every other week you pick the Bucks. 
or maybe you don't. Maybe that's how I'm going to do it every other week. Uh, the Saints are—is is it in New Orleans? I think it's in New Orleans. Yes, no, it's in yeah. New Orleans. Uh, Bucks. Uh, Saints are three and a half favorites. Bucks go up and put up the most points they've ever done in their team history. And the Rams in a stunning game. Catch them sleeping. Uh, game. This is the Saints all the way, isn't it? You would think so, but the wise guy action is uh, the last twenty-four hours are is all on Tampa Bay. They like oh. the plus points. They like the plus three and a half. There were some fours even popped up earlier because this number opened up around five. So my wise guy action likes Tampa Bay. I think I'm going to wait to see how low this gets. If I can get the Saints under three, uh, that's a big victory uh, at home against the Cowboys, and now they get to play Tampa Bay. I'm I'm looking to play the Saints on this game. All right, Falcons, uh, Falcons at Texans. I believe what is what's on your mind there? Uh, five point favorites, Houston Texans. Yeah, I think the public's going to fade Atlanta for the rest of the season until they prove us wrong. Jump on Houston if you like them now because there's no way this five stays before kickoff. I can guarantee you Houston's going to be one of the biggest parlay, teasered, and action bet all day long on Sunday. Grab Houston now because that five won't last long. All right, Raphael, I know you got to run. Tell them where they, where they need to go to place these bets and get these wins this weekend. Go over to mybookie.ag. Still have that 100% sign-up bonus. That means if you put up $200 today, we're going to throw an additional $200 into your account. We have great reload bonuses. We have two Thursday college football games, two Friday college football games, a whole slate of college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. It's a great way to spend the weekend. Just watch football all day. Make sure you use the promo code OVERTIME when you do that. Rafael, we'll we'll, we'll catch up with you next week, my man. Take it easy. Enjoy that Carolina victory. All right. Thanks a lot for squeezing me in. So you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We've done about all we can do tonight. We've talked about Cam. We actually didn't talk about it. Oh, we didn't talk about the Cam Newton video. Mm. We do have to say something about it. We got to say something about it. Y'all go ahead because I didn't watch the full video. So Tony and I, I know we had uh, we had some differing opinions. Uh, you said that it didn't hearten you as much as it did others. But to me, one, let me just say this, man. I wish more players would do this. And I love that Cam Newton does it because you're never going to get the truth from some bullshit press conference with, with a bunch of reporters asking questions and the players are annoyed. It's fresh off the back of the football game. Uh, I mean, I, I love when players are able to kind of take the narratives uh, for themselves and um, I mean, the fact that Cam Newton, listen, I knew he was not himself when he was playing against Tampa Bay. Call Cam inaccurate or whatever the hell you want. He's not that fucking inaccurate, man. So Yeah, it, we it, all said that. It, Everybody agreed yeah, about that. Yeah. it made We all knew something knowing, was wrong. Knowing that, knowing that there was a problem. And I feel it, it's apparent to everyone, Allen doesn't have the talent that Cam Newton does have. So let our quarterback get healthy, get to the place that he needs to be in, and then let's roll, man. I'm happy that he put out the video. I'm not disappointed that he lied because I feel it's the same mentality. It's a warrior spirit. You want to be okay, out there. All right. you Are you being football. too forgiven here? Is Let's talk about that, the lying about an injury. It, it, he said not lying about it, hiding it. That's what he said. He hid the injury. He didn't lie about it. He hid it. How do you guys feel about that terminology and him doing this? 
What is your opinion when you hear him say that then of him, the coaching staff, and the medical staff? Like, right, because then you have to draw opinions about Cam Newton, or you don't have no. to, but you do. No, no, no. And then, but like, what is your thoughts after you hear that statement? I hid this injury. Has it changed anything about Cam, medical staff, or coaching staff in your eyes? Absolutely not. I'm telling you, he is the only one who's been man enough to admit that he's hiding injuries. Right. right. Every freaking quarterback in the league has probably hit an injury. Yeah. The only it's just that Cam Newton is the only one trying to have his coaches back to say, listen, this wasn't necessarily all on them. You know, he yes. could he could have sat back and he could have said, All right, everybody's kind of blaming the the coaching staff and not me, so let's go ahead and just let that that roll. No, he He did fall he on it. He fell on it from around Vera. But why why hide anything? In this type of work environment, if I was working like this, if we were working as a team, right? Mm -hmm. If we were on some sort of project, it was you, myself, uh, Cody, and Greg, and I had something going on, I would want to be able to share it with you guys, even even if I say, look, I think I can play for it. But, like, why can't you even share the details about it? Because my mind has changed. To me, I keep coming back to the medical staff. Is that, like, fine? You hit it like, oh, it don't hurt that bad. But like, no, this is supposedly a significant injury. Like, how do we not? I don't know. I just don't like the lines of communication there. I wish they were better. And maybe this I think, is, maybe I'm being naive. I think based on the verbiage that I remember from the video, it wasn't that they knew that it was a Liz Frank from the get go. It's that he knew that it was maybe it, he, he knew he was hurt. And he was rehabbing, and he felt like he was back to a position where he could still give his team the best opportunity to win. And then after that, you know, he they he was like, "Yeah, there's something deeper that's wrong here." And that's when the Liz Frank, I think, was was uh, discovered because I think they just thought it was a midfoot sprain. And that why was could all he not? Why could he have not just been more open and honest with Rivera? Because we all saw Rivera frustrated. We saw him frustrated with the media, he, media he, and I think that's truly he was frustrated with Cam because he knew Cam wasn't giving him the freaking real deal. And I heard I'll that – I also heard Darren Gant say today that part of this is because since Cam Newton walked into the building, no one has ever told him no one about nothing like he runs the building. So is I just feel like, gosh, like why, why does Cam have to hide it? Even if he was hurt, like you would want to talk and make these decisions together as a team – and when I say a team, Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, and him, and the trainer together, I feel like they should all be talking about it together. I don't like those lines of communication, but, but let me I just am say naive. Before, let me just say it before Greg jumps in. Dude, I am not sorry for Ron Rivera. Oh, it caught him by Agreed. surprise. Oh, I should have told him. Boo fucking who, dude. You played him last year at the end of the season when you knew that his shoulder was messed up, and you continued to play him and run him into the ground when you knew that this football team wasn't going anywhere. And then this season, Cam Newton is trying to be Superman, trying to be the best player on the football team and put himself out there for his teammates. And then now it's like people want to blame him for that. Like It's like we were talking about Christian McCaffrey earlier. McCaffrey wants to be out there on all those snaps. These guys are warriors. But sometimes when you don't feel yourself, then, you know, something has to happen for you to say, hey, I'm not myself. I need to take some time. So I don't give a damn about if that made Ron Rivera's job harder or whatever. He could have ended Cam Newton's career last year. So 
tough titty said the kidney, but the milk's still good. Why is the <laughs> why that sound? You're too cool. That's why you're everybody's favorite, <laughs> Cody. Nice. On top of that, <laughs> is it smooth, right smooth as all get out? But why is there no heat on the medical staff? You know why? Because it all comes down to win losses, man. That's what it all comes down to. Let me ask you something. Last year, we knew Cam Newton was hurt. Had He lost seven games in a row. Had Cam Newton won two of those games, and we made it in the playoffs, and we lost in the first round of the playoffs, would you be saying the same thing about Cam Newton right now as you did then? Mm. Like, like Winning uh. changes everything, man. If Cam yeah. Newton wins one of those games, if we win the Tampa Bay game or the uh, or the, the L.A. game, and we're 3-1 and one right now, do you think people would have the same narrative about Cam Newton as they do right now? Winning changes everything. True facts. I, I don't care what you say. It, it changes everything, man. It does. It, you know, Brandon Herbert, you 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 pick on Cam Newton all the time, but I promise you that if we if we had been if he'd have won those two games, we'd be four zero right now. Even if he was if he was sitting, your narrative would be different about Cam Newton. Like it's the way it is. My narrative would be different about Cam Newton. I'm not, I'm not excluding myself. Right. Like, I, I'm I'm a victim of the moment. It's what happens when you win a game. It changes everything. With last week when he threw had had uh, when Allen had three uh, uh, turnovers and we won the game after 16 points. Do you know that teams that scored less than 16 points lose the game 87 percent of the time? Yeah, so I'm we surprised were in that, in that, that negative part I'm of that, surprised uh, not, not negative, more in, in that small minority part of winning the game. If we lost that game, do you think people would be praising Kyle Allen right now? All right, here's my next question. About, yeah, everything. I think I think it's a good point. Next question about the video that, and this is where my disheartened, where I didn't come away heartened. Is that I like? I, I'm with you, Cody. Like I like that the players opening up. I like having the direct line. Hell, I got our interview by just asking a dude on Twitter today and shaming him and coming on the show. Right? <laughs> I mean, I like that. And it worked. Like, yeah, I like that. I like being able that the idea that I can leave a comment on Cam Newton's video and at least his publicist might see it or something. Yeah, I'm totally into this. I'm totally into the whole. So I'm not upset with him smoking the scar, drinking the wine, or the way he's dressed. None of that bothers me. The thing that concerned me was certain language used. Now, I don't want to hold people too much to like every, we got to dance on every word. Maybe, actually, I. I am maybe dancing on every word. Maybe that's exactly what I'm doing. He used this phrase several times and to describe what was happening for him is that he needed to step away from the game. He used that phrase yeah. several times. Now, you can say that he just meant, like, I need to get away from the... I need to let Kyle be his own man and not my present be, presence be distractive or distracting, excuse me, as just... He would say distractive. But distracting as we, you know, as I'm rehabbing. I don't want this to be about me. I want it to be about the Carolina Panthers. Maybe that's what he meant. But he did say this several times. He said, I, I need to step away from the game. And I and you said it a couple of weeks ago, maybe even last week, Cody, is that you cannot help, no matter even if it's not true, to draw the comparisons to Andrew Luck. Even if it's not a real comparison, we can't help yeah. but do it. And when you How sit, do you when not? You, yeah, and when you hear those words, he continued, he said it over and I want to step away from the game. Like it was like there was two things that I brought away from this. At the very or three. At the very best, it was everything's okay and I'm, this is Kyle Allen's team now and I need him to feel comfortable and the 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 lore of Cam not overshadow him. That's the best case scenario. 
The second scenario is that this is him saying not distancing himself from the game, but distancing himself from the Carolina Panthers. That's another scenario. And then the third scenario is him truly saying this is not just rehabbing, but stepping away from the game. And maybe if you want to say there's a fourth scenario, it's just him working on rehab and he doesn't care about Kyle Allen at all. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I kind did of it bother you? Before. Did the language, did it sit with you? How did it sit with you? I mean, you? it didn't. Okay, so, I mean, he's taking time away from football. I mean, that's mm. what it is. I mean, it, the words. You're like not. That. If you're recovering, you're not. You're recovering for football. You're not away from football. Well, and that's that's another thing, which I'm I'm assuming that Cam is still in the building and team meetings and stuff. I mean, unless some of you know different, I'm assuming that he's still there and that he's still a part of team activities. If well, he's he said that yeah, he he's going to support Kyle Allen. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think that he's absent. And honestly, I, could, I, I almost expect him to be on the sideline, at least in some capacity against the Jaguars. You know, the, the typical, you know, and, and a lot of people are trying to compare the Drew Brees uh, being on the sideline yes. for the Saints. And the thing is, he wasn't on the sideline when they went to Seattle. It's not the injured players don't travel with the team. You know, that's how it is. He was there the game he got injured. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. And, and so the thing that we run into is, you know, a lot of people, and you also don't want him sitting there standing on that foot if he's rehabbing it. Um, or the, the uh, you know, another thing, yeah. Or the other optic is this: is every time Kyle Allen does something wrong, you pan over to see what Cam Newton looks like. That's not good yeah. for anybody either. No, it's not no. good for Cam. You know, because if Cam makes one poor face, the whole internet and the whole world crashes. If Kyle, you know, I mean that that's so maybe it is good. I think home games might be okay. Put him up in the booth with Tepper. That's what That'd I want to cool. see. That is what I want to see. By the way, I just want to give props to CK, man. CK, you brought the heat tonight, man. He did. I agree with damn near everything that you said tonight. And that last point about, uh, dude, I'm I'm telling you, my brother's a Saints fan. I hear, oh, Drew Brees is on the sideline. Where's Cam Newton? (laughs) Cam Newton has a foot injury. Why would he be standing around on the sideline for four hours when he's rehabbing his fucking foot? It makes zero sense in the world. People just say dumb shit, man. But right. kudos right. to you, man. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. We got one last thing to do, and that's the ice and fools up. All right. Yeah. Um, my, well, You guys go ahead, because I need to gather my thoughts a little bit. Who's ready to go with their ice up pick? Uh, I'll go. go yeah, ahead. man, go, go ahead. for it. Go. This one's a little close to home for you, man, but I am icing up Jay Bateman. He is the uh, defensive back coordinator or the defensive coordinator for the Tar Heels. And I waited until the fourth quarter to message you this week about the the Carolina-Clemson game. Uh, You know, there there was one play that we gave up that lost the game for us, and that was a a, a cover two that the the, 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 uh, defensive back or the safety that was supposed to be covering that back of the field a uh, bit on a wide receiver, and we let a guy run right at the seam and score a touchdown. Great pass by Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know. But uh, that th- that that lost the game right there for us. We were playing great defense the whole game. And here's my thing: is I looked him up, and I'm I'm trying to think about ISO picks. Jay Bateman is 22 years old, right? And he is in his first year with Carolina as the defensive coordinator. Okay, but he's been with uh, the Army 
defensive coordinator for five years. So if he's 22 and he's been a defensive coordinator for five years for the Army, that means he was 17 when he was the defensive coordinator for the Army, which blows my mind. Uh, you're way too young to be doing what you're doing. You messed up this pick this week. You lost the game for us. Sorry, hate to say it, but I'm going to put, put it on one play. Uh, Jay Bateman, ice up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little sour about the Carolina Clemson game. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, well, listen, I guess since mine is a little bit related, uh, listen, I try and keep my Clemson Tiger talk away from my Panther talk. But uh, tonight I'm talking about my Tigers, man. Everyone's saying that we're a fraud. Everyone's saying that Clemson's overrated. Oh, you almost lost to North Carolina, this and that. Instead of giving North Carolina the credit they deserve, people saying Trevor Lawrence is overrated. It's no the dumbest shit in the world, man. Listen, it, Clemson playing in the ACC, if they don't win a game by 30 points, everyone's shouting overrated. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is 68-2 and two as a starting quarterback if you combine high school and college. Okay, the dude is still going to be the number one pick in the draft. He still makes throws that no one else is capable of. They're putting more uh, emphasis on him being able to change stuff at the offensive line. Clemson is going to be in the playoffs. We're going to steamroll whatever SEC team, Big Ten team comes our way. And we're going to be in the national championship game again, baby. Let's go. Ice up to all the haters, doubting my Tigers. All in, baby. We're going to roll. Ice up, son. Man, uh, so (laughs) this is going to be a a little bit of uh, self-deprecation, I suppose. I'm going to ice up myself. um, And and all fans like Mm. me. Been there. And what I mean there. Totally been there before, brother. What I mean by this is I gave up on this team after the first two weeks. Gave up. Had no faith, no I no no identity with who we were going to be. I just was like, great, I'm going to go watch four game home games and watch us just be beat, you know, by everybody that we we face. And I just lost all confidence. And and I, this is coming off of an off season I felt was like one of our best that I've I've been I hadn't been more optimistic about it a season than I did this season. Uh, and to see what we were able to do without Cam Newton at the helm, just it's got to get you excited for when he does come back. But anybody who's sitting there, uh, you know, icing, this is maybe a little bit of other people than myself, but anybody who is so adamant about us versus them type of situation who say, if you want Cam Newton at the helm, you're just trash talking Kyle Allen. Or if you want Kyle Allen, you just trash talk Cam Newton. This is our team. These guys right. are teammates. They love each other, and let's not sit there and bash one over the other. Kyle Allen has gotten us two wins. Cam Newton has brought this franchise so far. It's it's safe to say, hey, listen, they both have contributed. Let's go ahead and treat them as though they are Carolina Panthers who have came and, and fought for us and as a fan to make sure we have something to cheer for. So, you know, no, I'm, I just want to put it out there. When – Something that Tony said was out of that the three things that they worry about needing to step away from the game, Cam Newton wanting to maybe step away from the Carolina Panthers. How do you not want to leave an organization that has 75% of the fan base saying that you're no longer going to be the quarterback? Like, who doesn't want you back? So anyway, I stopped myself because I gave up. CK, I got to give you an icy high five, man. An icy five. (laughs) You know what I call that? An icy hot high five. 
Oh, <laughs> that's so like terrible. All right. I love my, that sounds terrible. Um, all right. My ice up pick goes to, it's kind of, it's a different vein. This guy is his the interim chancellor of East Carolina University, Dan Gerlock has been he he's been placed on leave or has taken yeah was placed on administrative leave Monday after photos and videos surfaced him over the weekend drinking he was drinking at this bar at 519 where I I used to pound the t- pavement at 519 for like all of eternity <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's our huh. spot back in the I mean look I live in this town right and that's the place that if you guys came into town and I don't go to the bars anymore and we wanted to go out like late on a Friday night, that's where we would go. So he is, uh, he's there. He's, he's, he's ch- taking a shot with some people. He's struggling, taking the shot. He's obviously had a few in him, right? But nothing over outlandish. Some pictures with him, like together with these girls, right? Not even, uh, you know, maybe standing very close to them, right? Is that, but also like in a bar. This stuff probably happens all the time. Anyway, he's put on administrative leave because he was uh, taking selfies and interacting with, quote, college-age young adults, Um, and he was placed on administrative leave for this. I think this is wrong to do this. Um, Not that I'm saying that this is ultimately a good look or professional look, but I don't think that um, people should lose. Look, I think that we would all lose our jobs. (laughs) <laughs> right i mean this is it it's very simple you say, I mean, like this means this is a premise that everybody loses their jobs i think if anything you should put him on administrative leave is he looks like the biggest doofus right in the history of the world and and as someone who works in academia and has run in circles of big doofuses he is like that you know what we should just probably put him on leave because he's a giant freaking nerd who's drunk downtown not and and who happened to become the chancellor not because he did something wrong but because he's a giant fucking nerd and he's probably shouldn't be the chancellor period in the first place but we all are doofuses when we're drunk and i just think this i'm for employment i support employment let's not unemploy people for reasons that are unnecessary and and if you like jesus said Ye who are without sin, cast the first stone. Ye who have not been at an an adult bar and drunk, cast the first stone. (laughs) What's next? What's next? The man goes to the strip club, which they advertise uh, that you get free entry after a Panthers game, and then you get someone takes a picture of you, you lose your job. Mm, What is the world coming to? Yeah, Tony, I agree with you, man. Like, you, we we ask so much of these teachers to be a part of our kids' lives, especially on that level. Like, that's a different level than like elementary school and middle school. It is. School. Like, it is. You, you He's running a billion dollar organization, lives. essentially. Yeah, and and as long as they're not doing any harm, like they have every right to go out and have a beer at a bar that anybody else does. And uh, I, you know, I, I gotta agree with you, man. Like, or to no- look stupid. Like, that's the thing is, yeah, he yeah. had a beer and he looks kind of like a dumbass. But it's not anything yeah. that I think someone should lose their job over. So to these people, I say, ice up. Stop internet lynching, people, folks. Let's make the world better together by using Twitter, like I did. Instead of lynching people, shame them into coming onto the C Three Panthers podcast. That works. My name's Tony Dunn. It does. (laughs) We'll be here uh, after the game on Sunday. Actually, we won't be here. We'll be hanging out at Cody's house 
CK, yeah, I hope you're going to be able to carve out a little extra time. We're going to be driving home late. My wife is going to be pissed. It don't matter, though. We're going to do the post-game show. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at cat Ke- uh, underscore chronicles. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Cody, how can they get after you? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, on uh, on Twitter. I changed my handle to shit Post Malone because everybody <laughs> tells me that I look like Post Malone. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm dropping shit posts. I'm shit post Malone, dude. So right. I hope you get a laugh out of that. He's fighting back. Greg, how can they follow you? Uh, you can find me at the Bad Daddy 52 on Twitter. You can also find my other show at SES Podcast 1 on Twitter. We talk about TV, movie, comic books, pretty much anything that has to do with geek universe or sports. Well, we don't do sports. Oh, but- perfect. I will refer. I know a guy who has plenty of time on his hands. His name is Chancellor... Gerlock, he can come on the show. He's a big goober who doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah. All right. CK, how can they find you? uh, You can hit me up on Twitter at Code Dizzle Allen. Uh, Oh, that was just how it sounds. You know it was funny. All right. Name on Twitter. Hey, that's also my PlayStation handle as well. Anybody who wants to hop on. Right on. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll add you, man. I'll add you tonight. It's a great handle. All right. We'll see you guys after the game on Sunday. Long show. Shouldn't have been this long, but you know how we do. We'll see you next. Well, we'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Peace and love. Keep Peace, guys. Keep day. Long show. Shouldn't have been this oh. long. Wrong window. And stream. And that bitch. And that bitch. <laughs> so, Cody and Cody, I need y'all's uh, PlayStation handles so that we can play some Call of Duty. I don't have Call of Duty right now. I wanted to get it, but I didn't end up getting it. I might get the Modern Warfare when it comes out. Okay. What about you? Yeah, what um, you uh, I mean, I play uh, a lot of Monster Hunter World. Um, I've been playing. I got Madden, too. I just picked that up. Um, I got Tekken, Tekken 7. Uh, I love all the fighting games. Dude, I'm, I'm into all that shit. I really don't have a lot of shooters on my PlayStation. Yeah. If I play shooters, it's on my PC, man. Like, Do you also No Man's Sky? Yeah, no. I haven't played it. I oh, have. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have it, though. Oh, I love that game. Y'all check I'm it out. A-